Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure, and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis, and just when you thought, that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken, Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being, and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, and of course, I am joined by my brother, Aaron. Hello. By Kyle Army. That's where you say hello. Nothing. (laughs) Jesus. Get your earpiece, dummy. (laughs) And by Archie. Now he's black. Woo! And by Archie Mitchell. Hello, Archie. Woo, hello. How's it going out there tonight? Good, good. Just uh, good. Kyle seems to have gone dark on us, so we're going to have to wait and see if he comes back. Yes, we will uh, We will try to get Kyle back on the show. But this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, just so everybody knows, coming up, we are going to go back to the year 2002, which at this point, at this point, is a, is a wonderful excursion. Yes. Um, yes. Um, and we're going to talk about Judgment Day 2002 from May 19th of 02 in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I will say this. Um, this was Aaron's idea. Aaron, <laughs> I enjoyed watching. Idea. Yeah, you, you said, didn't you come up with this like two weeks this ago was, that we should watch no, this, Judgment this, Day? This, this, this is was Kyle's. Oh, this, this is Kyle's. Well, I enjoyed watching this pay-per-view again. It it's, brought back a lot of memories of a better time in wrestling. This was a weird pay-per-view. Yeah, but the card was stacked, Aaron. Oh, I know. I have that in my notes, but this was a weird show. Well, I picked it because of the fact that this is the first pay-per-view that is branded as WWE. Mm-hmm. So, this is... I mean, that... And not only that, but, I mean, you got so much going on. I mean, this is... This is the rise of Brock Lesnar. This is Steve Austin kind of in that weird fucking 
you know, period. He was ready to take his ball and go home. Yep. And then, like I said, you have what I think is a really cool main event with Undertaker and Hulk Hogan, but this time it's the new, you know, big evil Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the best incarnations of the Undertaker. Now, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, it's like super later in my note. It was during the match, but I'll just talk about it now since you guys brought it up. Honestly, this, like the um, dead man, short-haired, booger red heel Undertaker is my favorite Undertaker. I will take this Undertaker over Greg Love Undertaker any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking love it. Well, one of my first notes about the show it hasn't doesn't necessarily have to do with this show, but this time frame. After watching the horrendous, the horrendous WWE draft the past week, the way that why why aren't the drafts just the way this draft was back during this time? This draft this this draft this year. I'm sorry, and I'm going to get into modern product for just a minute. This draft was fucking stupid, all right? It was like, okay, uh, we are going to pick this whole tag team. Next, yep. though, we're only going to pick one member of this tag team. Next, we're going to pick two members of a tag team and leave the other one behind. Oh, next, we're go- we pick all the black guys. Now, <laughs> we, we are going to pick a family. It was so convoluted and stupid. The way a Why? draft should go is I pick this guy, you pick this guy. I right. pick this girl, you pick this girl. Well, I didn't watch right. that. You're better off having what not I'm, watched it. What I'm not understanding is in this day and age they're trying to look hip and cool and modern. Why aren't they stealing the, the routine of the NFL or NBA draft in mm-hmm. that they actually put which I know there's no general manager anymore, but they deem someone in charge of Raw and SmackDown for that week and let them, uh, after a 10-minute ordeal of uh, the Raw brand picks, and then let them pick. We've had Stephanie McMahon or Shane McMahon step out on the stage and read off five draft picks, which make no sense. I argued this point with Andy Shiv Kumar a couple of days ago. Seth Roll- uh, uh, Drew McIntyre was already on Raw. Why did it need to be announced that he was staying on Raw? I know they're all free agents on that night, right. but a better draft pick would have been, we're taking Biggie, not mm-hmm. the guy that's already been here as our champion. You know, well, it makes yeah. no sense. It'd be like and, the, the New England Patriots are taking Tom Brady, but you already had him for six years. And you bring up you bring up E, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not trying He's to take the show. He's lost in limbo. Well, I'm not trying to take the show off the rails. We'll get back. But my, my point on him was... All right, the the new day is literally, literally, the most consistent team. Yep. In the modern era, you know, because t- tag teams in the modern era, they they last six months and then they're not a team anymore, or exactly. et cetera, et cetera. So, you have this team that has that you've actually consistently had as a unit for what has it been, six seven years? Yep, about that. And the way that that should have ended from the very beginning 
was this big this big fucking guy yep. turns on the little guys. Or at least or, one of them. Or one of them. Or or I'll even go the other way. You take Xavier Woods. He could be a little shit heel. He turns on those two guys. You don't instead they, instead they, you break the team up in some abortion of a draft. Which all right, they could have done it that Big E turns on Kofi. Xavier comes back a month later during their feud and sides with Big E. Yeah. And you make Xavier his mouthpiece. Because Big E can't cut a promo. I don't care what anybody says. All he could do is cheer and yell. Right. But then what was God. more stupid was which we're gonna we're gonna talk about this on sixty minutes less, Kyle and I tomorrow night. But they traded the tag team titles on Monday night. <laughs> oh wait, you're the, you're on Raw and you're on SmackDown, but you've got the wrong belts. How about you guys just hand them over to each other? Okay, what? Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> hey, you know what I think? Mm. I think watching Judgment Day 2002. That nobody opens up a pay per view, in my opinion, better than Jim Ross. I agree. Jim, well, Jim Ross twenty years ago was on fire. If you watch AEW, the I man know. doesn't know who he's talking about. Well, if you ever do, he doesn't know who he's talking about anymore. He mentioned Darby <laughs> Allen six times. Darby Allen wasn't even in the match. Well, I think now Jim Ross is collecting a paycheck. Yeah. So I don't think he gives a fuck about what he's watching, <laughs> honestly. I don't want to talk about now. What? So. <laughs> yeah, you guys talk about now. I'll stay. About it is like we're seeing with both companies now where it's not changing, it's not getting any better. And so now people are just fucking phoning it in. Definitely. Yeah. And this is this is what pro wrestling is now. It is, it's this phoned in, you know, hey, we put smiles on people's faces and I was listening listening to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast earlier today um, and it it was the podcast where he was talking to Dave Meltzer after the dark side of the ring um, about the Montreal screw job. And we've gone into that, not with this, but he said something that was really interesting because they were talking about history for wrestling. How <clears throat> the reason why that they went with Pedro Morales and Bruno San Martino back in the day was because at that time, you know, like the, the American uh, newspapers and stuff, they didn't take pro wrestling serious. They it was a fucking joke. It was it was it was funny. It was you know, it is what it is. It's pro wrestling. And so they went with the more, um, they went to like the um, minority uh, stars to, to you know, bring more it's people like a, in. Just like a politician to electrify your base. Right. Basically, they, they evolved. And now we're, we're seeing wrestling and they're not evolving. They're going off of what has always worked. Or what worked the last 10, 15 years, and shit's changed, man. It's not, Definitely. you know. I mean, that's the thing. Like we, we we live in a society now where, you know, whether your opinions are of it or are, 
but we live in a society now where people watch, you know, people play video games on, on YouTube and Twitch and stuff. And like, that is the new media. Mm-hmm. Like that, my nephew who is 13, you know, he watches that shit all day long. And you know what? Get on them for making some money. Get on them for finding a new avenue. But the problem is that pro wrestling has lost their touch. Like, in in general, I think and, it's interesting. I think it's interesting that the guys who went from WWE over to AEW are basically in the same spots that they were when they were yep. WWE. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Nero is pretty much what he was fucking WWE. Yeah. Well, and what every everything you've said made my has made my case about the fact that we shouldn't call what we're watching now pro wrestling. It is sports, oh, no, entertainment. sports entertainment. No, absolutely. And let's let's talk about what we watched. Right, so I have a question about Judgment Day. By the yes. way, fuck the damn panda for making the WWE change their name. <laughs> Those damn pandas. Well, and it makes it so we can't say the right. Because WWE doesn't sound yeah. right. The World Wrestling Entertainment sounds silly. <laughs> Why was William Regal versus D'Lo Brown not on the show? Why was it regulated to a dark match? Well, because we had to get Trish Stratus and Stacey Keeper on there, buddy. Ah, <laughs> you're right. You're. I, I stand corrected. I would withdraw my question. <laughs> we are still. We are still uh, pretty much. This was like this was funny because like Kyle said, this was not only was this when they first switched over to WWE, you've got the consolidation, you know, you've ended the the invasion, which was an abortion. They should have called the abortion storyline. Um but also and 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 it's and that dying, dying it's that dying it's that dying off of the attitude era where it was like we have we had this attitude era where all these things were going on that were outlandish and et cetera et cetera and this becomes starts to become that time where they've run out of shit to do right that's and, outlandish and, and I know we started talking about I, I brought up a question and it turned into some diatribe about new shit that nobody cares about but seriously guys I mean. In this era, from like 98 to about 2005, did anybody open a show better than Jim Ross? No. No, No, he made every show feel like it was big. Whether it was Raw or a fucking pay-per-view or whatever, when that shit popped off and the pyro exploded, that guy was on there like, by God damn, this is going to be a hell of a shit. You know what I mean? Right. He was fucking great. I don't know what he does now. I don't give a fuck what he does now. I'm saying at this time, there was and there might have been better commentators than this guy, which I don't think there were, but just opening a show like, I would even put Jim Ross's, and, and Nate, you might get mad at me about this, I don't know. Opening a show, I would put Jim Ross over Vince McMahon. And Vince um, was fucking nuts when a show would start. I would, but I, would I, I would agree I, with I, you, but I would say... I'd put Jim over Vince. 
Jim over Vince, I have no problem with. I think the only one that could be even on the same level, if not a little bit hot, Gorilla Monsoon used to open a show pretty damn good, too. When you heard Gorilla's voice, you knew it was going to be that, a good show. That's actually where I was going to go with it, is, is a, you don't... I won't, I won't argue with you, Aaron, over um, JR and Vince, but... And, and it's probably... And you said 98 to 02, so I have no basis for arguing there but in that in that era in that time frame absolutely jim ross oh, nobody yeah. could open a show like him but overall year over year for me it's gorilla but, but, you, but you said you said 9802 to yeah, 02, so you clarify yeah i'm arguing i i think it's you, you said the right thing but and nobody thing. since and nobody since nope but here's um, the thing it, it, it's also a simple fact that like i think it, it i'm not saying jim ross wasn't great at opening the show absolutely he was but it's also the time you know at this time raw was must see it was an explosion they came in with with fucking war pyro and shit blowing up and you know how else is he going to introduce the show but high octane high velocity right but he welcomed you to a raw or a a pay-per-view like it was a monday night football game and it actually made you want to sit there and watch it well, and I'll even go. I'll even go farther than that, Archie. In that, I actually a lot of times disagree, and it's funny because I am that guy that says sports entertainment versus wrestling. But I actually disagree with people that say that a wrestling show's presentation should have a sports feel, because when you said like the NFL or the NBA or what have you. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling Michael Cole gives me. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to be like that, might as well go the whole route. Right. Yeah. You know? like it, it's, it's, um, that's what he's competing. Vince is only competing with, with sports now. He has nobody else to compete with wrestling wise. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to watch sport. I want to watch professional wrestling. So do I. But unfortunately, that's what we got. <laughs> so we start this show out. I mean, <laughs> with a we, fucking goddamn fantastic opening. We talked Freaking. about we talked about opening it with a great commentator. I mean, you talk about opening up with a good match. This is the best match on the fucking show. It is Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Back when the title meant something. Yes, and this is where we were talking about. Um, I think it was Arch that brought up that this show was stacked. Well, like, the first note I have is how stacked of a card is this that that, that Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam are the opening match? Right. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's funny that you say that because I actually um, I'm doing one of my things where I watch where I watch everything on WWE Network in, in chronological order. So, I don't know, six, seven months ago, I was in 2002, and that was what I thought as I watched the majority of 2002. Like, WWE's roster was so loaded that almost every match on the fucking show was a main event. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Like, even the mid-card guys are world champions in this show. Yeah, and and, and, and if you want to take, like, those... It, it kind of goes to like the 
modern era type shit. But if you want to take those like guys who do the the flippy shit or whatever, if you want to show them a fucking match where you can take two high flying dudes, right? They can do some flip shit, but not for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And have some psychology and sell and do their goddamn thing. This is the fucking match to show them. This I match agree. was fucking fantastic. And the craziest thing about this, the craziest thing about this match, um, other than the, no doubt, no doubt, no dispute that it's a fantastic match. But the craziest thing about this match is this isn't even the best match these two ever had. Right. They had a ladder match on Raw that was insane. That was insane. And, and that, that, even was... Had a, that even had a fan running on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that was the one where Eddie, yeah, Eddie puts the boots to that motherfucker. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we might say that the uh, alliance angle was horrible. But if it did anything for the WWE, it helped get them talent in the door that they needed, like mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam. And by bringing in guys like Rob Van Dam, it helped push guys like Eddie Guerrero to want to be better, to keep yes. their spot. And that's what this match felt like to me. Eddie was battling Van Dam for his spot. And um, if you guys don't want to talk about the finish yet, I'm going to bring up my, like, if you guys want to talk more about it, that's fine, but I'll bring up my opinion about the finish. Sure. Go ahead. I have never, like, I watched this, and I, I, I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot about this pay-per-view. Until I watched it tonight, first time, it was basically like first time with new eyes watching this. It's <laughs> the way I felt, too, a couple days ago. <laughs> The finish of this match, I have never seen anybody do this fucking finish. Rob Van Dam goes for a goddamn spin kick, and Eddie turns it into a goddamn backslide and pins him one, two, three. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was perfection is what that was. It was goddamn perfection. I have never seen a finish like that in my entire goddamn life. This match honestly was one of the most well-wrestled, perfect matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Kyle, what did you think? I love this goddamn match. Kyle, what did you think of That finish, if if a finish wanted to make me jerk off, it would have been it, it was good. I just, I wish it would have went, you know, ten minutes more than what it did. I agree, Kyle. Ten minutes was not was not enough for these two. But like Aaron said, we got to get Trish and Stacy on the card. Oh yeah, that <laughs> for two minutes really made me want to jerk well, off. But but hold on though, <laughs> that match was two minutes and forty seconds long. What? What, what That's how long it would take Aaron to jerk off. So it's yeah. Fine. Well, I mean, <laughs> choking myself with a belt, man. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> like this was this was a four star match. No, I agree. I gave this match four stars. It was I fucking agree. fantastic. Hey, just 
I guess like all good things, it's it's sad that when it's over, and you know, you look back on it and you go, God, I wish I could have more of this because it was so damn mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, in in argument towards that though, I think their 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 reasoning was these guys have put on twenty and thirty minute matches before, and this was just to get the fans excited. So I understand why it was only ten minutes. But us as fans were craving them to go twenty minutes. You know what I mean? We wanted, yeah. we wanted to see them both perform a frog splash. You know what I mean? And not end with a roll up. But here's the thing, though. And I, but and that I, goddamn roll up was beautiful. Oh no, it was. I agree. Go ahead. And I, and I get that. But here's the thing, and this is the problem. You know that the Intercontinental Championships had for a long time. When you only give this fucking title ten minutes, it doesn't mean shit. I think in ten minutes, though, uh, here, here's where here's where I'll part ways with you a little on this. In ten minutes, Eddie and RVD did what most guys would need twenty five minutes to do. Exactly, they told the story in ten minutes that no one, <laughs> no one's able to tell that kind of story in ten minutes. I don't no. care who you are. This is true. You know. So now we get the first incarnation of Batista in yes. the WWE. As Deacon Batista, Deacon Rev- Bautista, Bautista, with Reverend Devon, Stacy Keebler, a little segment in the back with Vince McMahon. Um, this Vince is funny. The 2002 to 2006. He had no choice but to be funny. <laughs> it, it, it's 2002 Vince was hornier than any Vince ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The 2002 to like 2005, 2006 Vince is, okay, you have three Vinces. Well, four Vinces. You have Bowtie Vince as the commentator. Right. You have Mr. McMahon Vince that had the, you know, the body, the dark hair. You know, he's going to walk out with his fucking Vince walk and everything with Austin. You have this Vince, which is like, even though, even though this is still old Vince, for a wrestling fan, this is middle age Vince, right? And now you have ancient Vince, <laughs> and the, those are the four Vinces. Senile Vince. No, don't yeah. don't forget like Canary Yellow, oh, yeah. well, Crush Powder that's, Blue. Vince. That's 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 if we're talking about his career, that's fetus Vince. Yeah, it's like <laughs> young Vince. I'm here with and Antonino Rocca. To com- to commentate for an hour about uh, about some of the most boring fucking wrestling you're ever gonna watch, ladies and gentlemen. Until <laughs> it's amazing. Rose shows up. Seeing how he goes from like the tale of Vince McMahon is like the tale of a man's life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've watched him literally age and go through all these phases, and like he went from the most revolutionary guy in wrestling to. Senile. That's why a lot of sometimes people argue with me, but really, to, honest to God, to me, in 2020, Vince McMahon has become Vern Gagne. Yeah, he he's crapping be- in the yard. He's, he's just become well, this, see, yeah, this out of touch old fuck. The thing that bothers me is when I read Eventually, he's going to Vince- kill a guy. Right. <laughs> like, the thing that bothers guy. me is that when I read stories that he walked in and ripped up the script at 630 and rewrote it until eight, by 8 o'clock for Raw, 
And I'm like, that's not the act of a normal man. That's a senile old man who just got really angry and went, Rah! and then went, oh, shit, mm-hmm. what did I do? Because he went back to reality. And he's got so much money, people are just going to let him do it. Right. But we're talking about 2002 Vince, and 2002 Vince is fun. Yeah, he <laughs> wants to fuck Stacey Kleber in the butt. <laughs> he probably did. I'll be watching. I love, I think it's, which, which Royal Rumble is it where... I'm trying to think if it's 2004, 2005, one of the Royal Rumbles, like, the entire thing is that he has, like, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler. That's 06. No. Michelle. Yeah, it's 06. I just love the fact that, like, the entire night, Vince is like, I'm hanging out here tonight with the ladies. Like, <laughs> like that's all you see of Vince, like, that entire night. He's and just... they, re- they resurrected the little love seat that him and Shane had to sit on. Um, I don't know. It's time to dig out the trash. Yes, there's a <laughs> there's an episode of Raw where Shane and Vince. Are, they, it's the one where they dump Eric Bischoff in the dumpster. Okay, yeah, but they Aaron and I like the night the show aired. This has been a joke between the two of us since it aired. They have it's the segments with Vin, the, especially the end segment with Vince and Shane is awkward because it's like they got them the. The smallest little love seat that they could to sit on together, and it's just like, <laughs> and Vince is like, "It's time to take out the trash," but he's almost picking Shane's nose when he puts his hand up because they're so close together. But anyway, um, like I'm next to the one sibling sibling I don't want to sleep with. <laughs> Get away from me! And had they given him his chance of booking, he might have made that a storyline because he wanted Maybe. to with Stephanie. So who Maybe. knows? Oof. Um, and he so probably that- wants to with Hunter. But Batista looks particularly jacked here, like he's going to be an injury-prone guy. I don't know how I would ever predict that. Um, yeah, I wonder what happened to Deacon Batista. I wonder what. I wonder. I wonder if he, you know, got injured a lot because of his <laughs> steroid <tone>. abuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now we get a "Get the F Out" ad, the one with the uh, the bush. <laughs> nah, fucking whatever. Um, nope. Yeah, shut up, Aaron. <laughs> Um, first off, is it just me or I love fucking Reverend Devon? It's just you. No, it wasn't a bad gimmick. It was kind of like slick meeting brother love. But then no, I put this on my notes. Reverend Devon was fucking stupid. (laughs) I don't know. I I, wasn't bad. It just it wasn't. No, it was fucking stupid. It was the wrong time for it. It just didn't make any sense at the time. Like, 2002, who wants a passionate walk out and be like, give us money and I'm going to wrestle, you know? <laughs> the Reverend Devon, the Reverend Devon gimmick was fucking terrible. Well, that's your opinion, Aaron. And, and I right. guess I'll be making Kyle a Reverend D- Devon custom and not you. Well, you can do that for him. <laughs> By the way, did Dr. Desk get there? Not yet. Oh God. Okay. I hope he gets there soon. Can I? Can COVID, I man. What marketing? The whole get the f out. That was, yeah, that was... Get the f out's a good marketing campaign, man. Oh yeah. Like I said, if you have to do it, this is the way to do it. Like you fucking slapped that on a t-shirt. There's no way people aren't fucking buying it. Oh, without and a doubt. The other thing is like. 
if you listen to the show, it, it it's not uh, like I, I kind of put this in my note. But it's not a get the f out thing. Fink is laying the WWE super thick, super thick. Mm-hmm. Nate, you'll, Nate, you'll agree with this too, and Archie, you'll agree with it. This is the high point of the get the f out. And if you listen to like every ring introduction that has anything to do with a championship belt, Fink is laying that on Fink. He's the WWE champion, the WWE women's champion. He, well, he's that was, that was that probably telling him to. Make oh, sure oh he I know it was. It. I'm just saying, like Fink was laying that shit on. Thick. And and I have I have the perfect evidence to um, back your story up, Aaron. When I was watching this pay per view, um, my wife came in at the tail end of the main event, and I mean, fuck it. There's no spoiler here, folks. Undertaker Undertaker wins the main event of the show, and just to make Aaron's point. When Fink says, The Undertaker, my wife went, The Undertaker. Like, she didn't, she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know anything about the pay-per-view. She didn't know anything about the story. What she picked up on was Fink saying, The Undertaker, the, the way that only Howard Finkel can say it. Right. So, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And also the reason I put that he was – they were putting this WWE thing on thick was that Fink wasn't the normal announcer a lot of the time. It was Lillian, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think they had the faith in Lillian to get the WWE or now the WWE over, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Lillian was famous for making flubs while she was reading, you know, out wrestlers coming to, to the ring. So, yeah, I don't think he believed that she was going to get it right the first time. Yeah. yeah. And she, just, it was fucking terrible, like, for, like, the first couple of years. She really? wasn't good even in her later years either, but whatever. Better, yeah. but... Like, now she's though, man. I like Tony Chimmel. I like Justin <sighs> Roberts. If it's not going to be Howard Finkel, it should have been one of them at all times, you know? No I mean? one, but, No one in the history of broadcast or pay-per-view television, though, and I'm not, this is has nothing to do with ring announcing, but there's not a person in my mind that has ever sung our national anthem better than that woman. Uh, uh, that I, no, she was a hell of a singer. I have no problem, you know. Like, I her rendition of the national anthem is, like, it 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 literally, some, at times, depending on what show it is or when she's singing it, it her, her rendition of that song can fucking choke me up. You're more but than you know, hon. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, say can you tutti frutti?" Um, say can you tutti frutti? Trish and Stacy, one and a half two, stars. Uh, it was two and a half titties. minutes. <laughs> it was two and a half minutes of a a little boy's wet dream. <laughs> And then that little and that little boy's me. name was Aaron Max <laughs> and Archie Mitchell. <laughs> the aftermath went way too long. Yeah, agreed. 
but I mean, it just. All right, you gave. I understand Trish really didn't have anybody viable to face at this point. Everyone was kind of like out of the company, or they didn't want to put her against Jazz again, or you know, a, a Ivory or anybody who you know. But like Stacy Keebler didn't know how to wrestle. She was gorgeous. Her legs were really long, but this was badly put together. And she's one of those people that, again, I mean, like you said, Archie, she's beautiful. She's obviously talented. She's she's got charisma, right? But my thing about Stacy, even more than Tori, was always that I really do think Stacy's place was, and this isn't her place. Yeah, like I'm being a chauvinist. No, yeah, no, no, no. Her place was in a, in an Elizabeth type role. Right. Her place was at ringside. She was great when she was the Dudley's manager. Yes. She was great with David Flair, believe it or not. That was even though that was a bad storyline. But you're absolutely right. I mean, she never you got know, good in the ring. Let's be honest, guys. She never she, got she, <laughs> she delivered one of the worst looking spinning heel kicks I've ever seen in my life. And this woman had long legs. It should have been easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was I'm a not gonna complain because I'm not gonna complain because I thought for a minute Nate was gonna knock Tori Wilson and Tori Wilson. No, 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 no. Honest. Tori Wilson is the hottest goddamn woman. I have no but, problem with Tori but, Wilson. But she never became a good wrestler. We, I was talking about the wrestling aspect of it. You know, like Trish, anybody that doesn't think that Trish Stratus is in the air of a fabulous moolah or someone like that is one of the greatest women's professional wrestlers oh, ever. without a doubt. She's she started oh, out. Trish Stratus is fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm trying to make. Trish started out green as fuck and awful, and by the time she left, she had become one of the greatest, not just female, but one of the greatest wrestlers of her time. Yeah, that never happened with Stacy or Tori. And I'm not knocking them. I'm well, just saying they, but, they're, but here, they're, here's, here's I've where never I'll... seen a Tori Wilson match I didn't enjoy. You didn't miss much, but <laughs> for different um, reasons than we're you know, discussing I, until, right now. until her underwear came off, you didn't miss much. Miss much, but <laughs> well, I, I liked the, her. In you know, all you of see, Tori Wilson's. <laughs> <laughs> you look at you know you say that some people will like criticize well. The only reason that kid got to be a great basketball star was because he comes from privilege. Or the only reason that kid got such great grades is because his family brought him up in a great school district. The only reason Trish Stratus is as great as she is is because she's a product of the WWE. The reason Stacey and Tori didn't grow is because WCW didn't train their wrestlers the right way. Yeah, and they just, I don't think either of them had the chops to be great yeah. wrestlers. And that's not denying talent. That's not denying charisma. Right. But that's just being honest. At this point, WWE was phasing out female managers. So they had to make every woman a wrestler. That's just mm-hmm. what it was, you know. But this match was kind of bad, for except for what it was tits and ass. And, and somebody, 54 seconds, it was great. Yeah, 85% of the time, somebody was like, but these guys can't wrestle, Vince. These girls can't wrestle, Vince. And Vince is like, cover him in pudding. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) 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 Cover him in something. Kyle, your thoughts on this match before we move along? I... Kyle's rewatching it. Hold on, it needs a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gotta catch my breath and get some new socks. <laughs> <laughs> I get by this on here, but goddamn, it was again. It's like, why is this on here when we could have had ten more minutes with fucking Rob Van Dam and 
and uh, Eddie. Yeah. And because, I, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, titties. you're at the tail end of the Attitude Era. Like I said, they're running out of shit, but they're still trying to capture that right. that feeling of the Attitude Era. So you got the TNA on there. Let's let's be honest what this was for, though. This match was basically there so Bubba Ray and Devon could be on TV at the same time and they could try to see how Batista was going to work out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like Aaron said, the end of that shit went on too long. Yeah. Wait. So. <laughs> So now we get a segment with Ric Flair admitting pointless to Vince McMahon. Pointless goddamn segment. This wasn't a pointless segment. This was a Vince McMahon ego stroking segment where Ric Flair, Ric Flair could put over Vince McMahon and say he was right all along about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, I guess if Vince gets his stroking segment right after my stroking segment, that's okay. But essentially, that's what it was. It was because uh, we're we're into this, and I got more on the Flair Stone Cold thing when we get to the match. Um, but we're into a Ric Flair is the owner of Raw, which was always kind of silly too. But anyway, yeah. How do you not retain ownership of your flagship show? Vince? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> bad coin flip. That's all I can think of. Flair is the, <laughs> Flair is the owner of Raw has essentially. Um, figured out that Vince McMahon was right all along about Stone Cold Steve Austin, that he's a, he's a, you know, rebellious piece of shit and all that jargon. He's an SOB. Yes, he's, he's an, an SOB. This is a stupid segment. So this we move filler. On, We move along into, this is, I, I'd have to go back. I can't remember. Did Lesnar have a pay-per-view match before this one? Uh, no, I think this was his debut on pay-per-view. I mean, he, I think he debuted on pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, he debuted, no, he on, debuted on Raw. On Raw, Raw he, right. He gave, he gave an F5 to Spike Dudley. This, right. this stemmed from, um, and they didn't show it on here, which is crazy that they didn't show it, but this all stemmed from Brock attacking the Hardys. But there's a segment where Matt Hardy comes out and legit cracks the fuck yep. at Brock Lesnar with a chair. I think Lita was Raw. involved, right? He was going to attack yeah. Lita or something. Yeah. Yeah, like like there was this and obviously like in like real life he wasn't like attacking her. But Matt comes out and just cracks, and I, I I still don't know why they didn't put it on here, but he cracks the fuck out of Brock and splits Brock in the back of the head, splits him mm-hmm. wide fucking open. Actually, um, so looking, I just looked it up. Uh, Brock had a match at Backlash with uh, uh, Jeff Hardy. Okay, and I could, and that's that. Yeah, that's why I asked because I couldn't remember. I seemed to, I seemed to remember him having a match with Jeff Hardy, but I couldn't remember if it was on a Raw or if it was on a pay per view. Yeah, well, was, apparently it was on back snatch or whatever he called it. <laughs> so we have uh, the Hardys against Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Which Which Heyman does nothing in this match. It's a handicap match. It's a handicap match. Can I just tell you guys watching this match? And I want to. I want to let the viewers know or the listeners. How fantastic Brock Lesnar is! Yeah, I want to let the listeners know that at some point, 
uh, here in the near future, there is going to be a, an episode of this show that we are we are all going to tell you who we think are not our favorite, but legit who we think are between the between the ropes, bell to bell, the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Okay, now let me tell you, and everybody know everybody that listens to the show, you guys know I'm a huge Shelton Benjamin Mark. I love Shelton. Shelton is an athlete, an athlete's athlete. Has there ever been a more impressive monster athlete than an than than a Brock Lesnar in his his early to mid twenties? Jesus you know Christ! Why. Jesus this, Christ! These are on my notes. Okay, see mm-hmm. here's my notes. I have a. The, the listeners can't see them, but we can. Yeah, fuck them. They're nice um, notes, guys. I, I can vouch for Aaron. They're nice notes. I will yeah. say one they're, guy, they're in the lines and shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, one of my notes is, was Brock ever bad? Um, Brock, not like a bad guy. No, like no. Brock, Brock, a wrestler. Was Brock Lesnar ever fucking bad? Have you ever watched a match with Brock Lesnar and went, that was, that was shit? There are Brock Les there are Brock Lesnar matches in 04 and maybe in 2015 or 16 where he was being a little kind of a little bitch like an adi- like a politi- political attitude bitch where well, he didn't so where, where he didn't bring it where I would say yeah it was it wasn't great but I can only think of one match I can think of a few. I can think of a couple. Um, cool. You know what's funny is is actually I think personally he dogged it a little bit in the match he lost the title to Eddie. Um, uh, but Eddie made the match come alive, so that's and he did. Of, and and, and but uh, and I'm just speaking of Brock. No, no, match. I know, I know. I, I I think he. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to get in the weeds. The only the only match I would say that Brock, in my opinion, looked like crap in. And that was because he wanted to, but so did his opponent. Would be against Goldberg at WrestleMania with Austin as the referee. It, you could literally see him sitting in that ring, going, "I'm leaving anyway. I don't got to give you a five star classic. F you." You know. And he and he looked and he a great fucking heel. And but he was leaving, Aaron. That's not being a heel. That's saying I don't need to to entertain you people anymore. And he looked super fucking lazy in his mania match with Ambrose because he didn't want to be, that's not to be there. He didn't want to be there. But anyway, uh, getting in the weeds again. Now you said, you said earlier that there's ever been an athlete in his twenties, athleticism and the potential Brock Lesnar had. And I think the only guy that I can think of is the giant. Is who? The giant. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they both, they both, you're right. They both kind of had the same trajectory as far as I'm here, I'm in the main event. And like well, I said, you say what you want to say. Paul White in his fucking 20s, that motherfucker could go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're the size, uh, you're the size of, of Andre the Giant in 1982, and you can do a standing drop kick. That's fucking right. crazy. Oh, you, you did a <laughs> missile drop kick at one point from the top rope, Nate. Yeah, 
But then he met a buffet, and he was like, okay, I'm just going to check out now. <laughs> Hello, buffet. I'm the yeah. big show. That well, wasn't even, the big he, didn't, he didn't even meet a buffet. He met Arnie Anderson. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, Paul, Paul White has talked about this. Like, He did like a missile drop kick and thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. And then when he walked away, Arn Anderson looked at him and said, don't ever fucking do that again. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? He was like, you're five fucking hundred pounds and you're seven foot tall. Don't ever fucking do right. that. You don't have to show off like that. Your size alone makes them go, ooh. Yeah. You know, I find it odd that whenever we're about to have somebody in the virtual asylum, Aaron name drops them. I don't know if he does it on purpose or what. <laughs> I, I Usually it's because they suck, but I was. But, oh no! I know, like I know you like Arn Anderson. I know you like Arn Anderson. Oh, I love Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson is one of my favorite people in the world. Not that I ever met him or I want to marry him. I just like so we met him. We met him. I've got the picture. I did meet him. I did meet him. Yes, I did. did. He'll never remember me. But <laughs> I don't know you, <laughs> and I don't wanna. But at the beginning of this match, now where's my beer? <laughs> At the beginning of this match, are we going to talk about the match now? Or are we just going to keep talking about fucking... Oh, no, um, that's, that's, that's what the show is. Quit your bitching. And yes, we can talk about the match. <laughs> okay. Brock Lesnar caught Jeff Hardy off the leap. They just caught him. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he didn't stumble with it. Like, like fucking some jabron on fucking AEW would do. Fucking Jeff Hardy leaped, and Brock Lesnar was just like, I got you. And just caught him. It was fucking nuts. And that was exactly what I was saying. Like, the entire time I watched this match, no matter what was going on in this match, the only thought that kept running through my mind is, what a fucking athlete. What a fucking hoss. This guy is crazy, stupid, strong, and agile, and... And um, insane, insane yeah. amount of athleticism in this guy. Like, I was watching this match so intent with how fucking fantastic it was okay. that I focused even more on the commentary. Like, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I started listening more. Oh, JR knew how to put over Brock. JR wasn't putting over Brock. Well, he was putting him over, but Vince was slaying Paul Heyman during this, and he wasn't even doing the commentary. He was doing it through Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. He was (laughs) fucking destroying Paul Heyman during this. Here's some of the things. Here's a couple of things that Vince McMahon made Jim Ross say about Paul Heyman. Jim Ross called Paul Heyman a human urinal. (laughs) No lie. Jer- Jerry Lawler was like, oh, look at Paul Heyman out there. And Jim Ross was like, oh, he's a goddamn human urinal. <laughs> and then Heyman didn't even tag in yet. And Jim Ross said, or Lawler said something else about fucking Heyman. And, and, and Heyman said, <laughs> sorry, Jim Ross said something else. 
or Lawler said something else, and then Jim Ross called Heyman a living, breathing septic tank. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you're going to tell me that Jim Ross is out there like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and call my buddy Heyman a, a living, breathing septic tank and a human urinal. This was fucking Vince feeding these guys lines to just beat up Heyman when he was out there. Yeah. But anyway. Well, you think it was payback for when Heyman dropped that promo that Vince told him just go out there and like eat me alive? Because that was No, it was just life. Vince wanting to fuck with Paul Heyman and calling him <laughs> a goddamn human urinal urinal <laughs> and a septic tank. That Vin- that promo that from the invasion angle that Vince let Paul Heyman yep. cut on him. Go out and draw me money. It, yes, and you know what's funny about that? There's there's two sides to that promo. And and then we're going to take our break. But there's two sides to that promo um, that I want to elaborate on because you brought it up, Archie. Mm-hmm. Is Firstly, it is, it is uh, we all love Heyman's promos here. Yep. No, you know, there's no sugarcoating that. It is a fantastic Paul Heyman promo. Which if you would sugarcoat it, fucking Heyman would eat it. <laughs> it is a fantastic promo, and he means every word of it. Yep. However, Vince, and here's the thing about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon watches Paul Heyman, knows Paul Heyman, believes every word of that promo with every ounce of his being. Yep. <laughs> but Vince yep. McMahon doesn't give a flying fuck what right. that fat bastard has to say about right. him. That's the thing about Vince McMahon, and that that's where... His age, like in his in his older age, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing now. Because Vince McMahon, literally, and I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't know anybody right. that does know him. Blah blah blah. But just watching Vince McMahon over the years, Vince McMahon does not give a flying fuck what nope. any of us think about him. I don't think he any gives of a, us. A, I don't think he gives a fuck about what his own family thinks of him. No. So when Vince goes and says, "Hey, cut a shoot promo on me, pal," right. <laughs> whatever. I don't give a fuck. You know what? Who's got a billion dollars in the bank? Right. And whose checks am I signing? <laughs> Look, so, Paul, you know. Paul cut that promo, and almost 80% of what he was saying is, is you put me out of business. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when Vince heard everything he said, you're a bastard, you're this, you're that, you stole from me, you did. When Vince heard him say, you put me out of business, Vince looked back at him and went, you're damn right I did. Yeah. Because he and did. From that moment, he was like, you know, who's going to be the last ECW champion? Ezekiel Jackson. Well, yeah, <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to win that belt before I give it to Ezekiel Jackson. And I'm going to wear a do-rag. Right. And the only reason is because Ahmed Johnson lost his foot <laughs> in 2002. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so all of us three blowhards of the show. Did, have, Ahmed, uh, did, did Ahmed Johnson really lose his foot? I don't think of. so. I don't think so. So he found it. Now he now when he walks, he does the Pearl River lunge. Um, so he found it. <laughs> oh my god, Kyle! Before we take our break, do you have anything on the Hardy Lesnar matchup? <clears throat> Good. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> wonders why I'm a fucking prick to him on. <laughs> <laughs> because the fact is that it, 
you know, he got shitty. He was like, oh, I was trying to be nice. And you said, our, list, our show's going to be better. It's like, motherfucker, <laughs> done the same thing to me. So don't even. <laughs> Kyle, don't, don't worry. Our lawyer is sending the cease and desist order to Aaron. Stab yeah. it. I'll throw it in the fire and I'll never read it. Fine. When the police come knocking on that door, though, I won't answer. Yeah, but again, Kyle, all they're going to knock, knock, knock. Can I help you? Stop it. And then they're going to walk Stop away. It. Stop, Stop it. it. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> show you how much of this. How much Vince McMahon doesn't give a fuck? That motherfucker pissed his pants on live TV. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, he's he always gets the fucking he always gets the shit beat out of him. I wish his fucking daughter would learn the fucking that. That if hey. you're gonna play the heel. Hey. He was good Stephanie's your- Stephanie's got nice boobs. You leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie's pretty hot, man. They're fake. I don't care. They're real to me, damn it. Oh, well. Yeah. Taco Bell's uh, fucking meat is fake, too. But yeah, I'll let that shit on the taco. Somebody used to make their, their buns out of, their bread out of uh, uh, yoga mats. I still ate it. Be the ball. All right. We're going to take our break. We'll be right back with uh, as we continue Judgment Day 2002 on the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll see everybody. Another page of notes when we return. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you along with Aaron, Archie, and Kyle. And we are discussing WWE Judgment Day 2002. But very quickly, before we get back into the show, I want to remind each and every one of you for listening to the show right now, and you have not yet joined the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Join the group. Right now, there are two things that I want to bring up. First... Aaron is conducting a dream tag team tournament in the show. In oh, the, uh, yeah, group. that thing just that ended like an hour ago. The Road Warriors have won. Which is going on and, and, and causing some controversy and also causing some great fun. These are the kind of things you can get into. Also, we are striving to hit 400 members by the end of October. And if we do, I will be giving away a replica Ring of Honor World Television Championship belt. So, I mean, and it's free. It's absolutely free. And I so. promise if we get to 400 before October, I will throw in a custom of your choosing for a second winner. Did now, you that hear that? I'll make whoever the hell you decide you want. As long as it's not Sava Simba. <laughs> Please, anybody but him. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes. That thank you, Archie. That's that's very generous. Oh, of no you. problem. No problem. And, it helped and us the, road, the road warriors have advanced. The road warriors have advanced in the tournament. They defeated the Rock, the Rock and, and Sock Rock and connection. Connection. connection, as it should be. 
As it should be. So that means when my team, Tully Blanchard and Hernandezson, fight DX, please don't vote for DX just because they were cool. (laughs) And also, of course, we would be remiss if we did not mention the Virtual Asylum, the Asylum. If you are a collector or just a wrestling fan, action figures, magazines, 8x10s, whatever it is, we've got it in the Asylum and the virtual asylum with Arn Anderson coming next up week. next Saturday. Oh, Friday, actually. It's the 23rd. Oh, yes, 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 Friday. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I, it threw me off. It mm-hmm. threw me off. But, yes, it is Friday, the legendary Arn Anderson, who I and Aaron have both met in person, and I guarantee you you would not regret getting to co- have a conversation with Arn Anderson. I've He's met Ric Flair. Polite. I can't wait. I cannot wait to meet Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson is very polite. And he looks like a human teddy bear. He's awesome. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. So, yes, mm-hmm. remember the We Can't Wrestle podcast group, the Asylum, and, of course, Archie's group. World one of Archie's Customs. many groups. Yes, World yes. Championship Customs. Somebody's getting arrested. <laughs> Not in my area. <laughs> when when Archie talks starts talking about World Championships, Custom, the alarm Scott, starts. Steiner, yep. Scott Steiner shows up. <laughs> Yes, World Championship Customs, where we have custom makers from every genre of not just wrestling, but Marvel, Ninja mm-hmm. Turtle, uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, the, the artwork is amazing, seeing what these guys could do. Um, so if you guys like... It's us. What's that? It's, it's, it's actually us. Yeah, we were the siren guys. <laughs> Archie's in New Jersey, and we're the ones with the sirens. Yeah, no, I had them all day. Uh, it rained here. It rained, and more fire department and, and somebody squad raped cars the goat. So, so, Archie, yes, Aaron, Aaron, Kyle, and I are all in Ohio. Yes, we're all within. We live in a small, stupid podunk town, so we're actually all within five miles of each other in Ohio. Right, Kyle's town is dumber and smaller than ours. So, my question to you. Mm-hmm. Archie is—is is it the same way in in New Jersey, where the minute it starts to rain or snow, yes, people that have driven their cars for twenty five years fucking forget how to drive. Yes, we've okay. talked about this on the. We had a podcast a while back where we talked about things that piss us off. I, I think Aaron suggested it, and I mentioned that it it the way they drive when they see rain or snow is like they're seeing a miracle appear. And yes, <laughs> rain and snow is a miracle. God made it. But people that have been, like you said, Nate, driving for 25 and 30 years, drive like, oh my God, there's water falling from the sky. Yeah, what do I do? Like it's the first fucking time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not Noah. He's not making an ark and we don't have to get on it. It's rain. You know what I mean? It happened today. It was rain. Jesus here. is crying. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Where do I go? You know, it's, you know, it happened today. And of course, I was on the road and I, I literally got behind a, um, I think it was a Thunderbird, uh, which I didn't know those cars still existed. But, <laughs> and, well, mullets are coming back. Yeah. And, and the guy was literally doing 22 miles an hour in a 35 Fuck and him. swerving. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, is he about to hit me? And I'm behind him. Like, is this guy about to cause a really big accident? He was like, I can't drive. (laughs) 65. 35. So, so yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's pretty damn bad. So we roll on here with Judgment Day 2002. (laughs) 
And um, nice segue, Nate. <laughs> thank you. That was a there was no segue. <laughs> um, Booker T have, hits on Booker T hits on Tony Braxton. <laughs> why was she even there? <laughs> like, why deep is cut. Tony Braxton there? Deep cut deep cut. <laughs> Mark no Lloyd. Sense. Mark. I wanted to make a point about Mark Lloyd. Mark Lloyd. Is a gayer Mike Tanay or, or, <laughs> or fucking Michael Cole? I said Mark, Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay's not gay. Mark Lloyd is the beginning of all these Michael Cole clones that we have on commentary now. Yeah. <laughs> I I think the only thing that I think is funny about uh, what is Mark Lloyd? Mike Lloyd. Mark Mark Lloyd, Lloyd. is when The Rock is talking to him. And he's like, he's like Lillian. He's like, you guys, you got up here. <laughs> Mark Lloyd. He's like, oh my god, the Mark Lloyd. <laughs> the, yeah, the Mark Lloyd. <laughs> he's like, that's the question. He's like, who in the blue is the blue hell? <laughs> Mark Lloyd, right? And he never got any better, by the I, way. I, I think up until that point, no one knew who the fuck Mark Lloyd was to begin with. So it just emphasized. Who the blue hell is Mark Lloyd? He he interviews Booker T. Booker T is going on about becoming a member of the NWO and a, the convoluted storyline where Ric Flair appointed him a member of the NWO. Yeah, and then, like I said, he tries to rape Tony Braxton. <laughs> and then Booker T hits on a on an attractive young lady standing over in the corner His for no reason, or Tony so Braxton. we think, or so we think for no reason. That's coming up later on. And now we move into, and I, I have notes on this. I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. We have a handicap match. Mm-hmm. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin against Ric Flair and The Big Show. The Big Show, also a member of the NWO at this time, which... And I put this in my notes, that the WWE NWO sucked ass. Big time. <laughs> I was just about to say it. But the WWE... NWO entrance was fucking awesome. Yes, with the with the the um, the, like the melting, melting film, film, yeah, the melting and, film. The, and the music and the black and white and all that shit. The fucking entrance is awesome. But and it's but, WWE, so you're never going to get better better production quality. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Also, that the WWE version of the NWO. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> Hot garbage. <laughs> it could have been so much better, but it just didn't want to manifest into well, anything. It, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it goes back to the fact that in the end of the day, Vince will use something that someone else created. But in the end, that thing is going to be completely ruined. <laughs> and and uh, it will be killed. Yes. If there was ever an ass that needs sucking, it was the NWO. <laughs> In the WWE. So, Kyle, what do you think about the fact that Vince McMahon face fucked the NWO in the WWE? He didn't face fuck it. He ass fucked it. <laughs> but here's the thing: like a lot, like a lot of the stuff that we've done over the years, like it starts off great, starts off mm-hmm. fucking, you know, because look at those fucking promos that he does when he's like, you know, I'm going to inject the fucking WWE with a lethal dose of poison and he turns around and it's, you know, it's great. The invasion started off great. 
Steve Austin's heel turn started off great. There's a lot <laughs> yep. of started off great and fuck. I don't I think Vince McMahon just has a problem with finishing. <laughs> but he's a genetic jackhammer. Uh, well, you but you know what? The only people that need to fuck tell you that are the ones who have a small dick, so <laughs> So this <laughs> I don't this, know if he yeah. has a problem finishing. If he does, I don't know. Maybe this, that's why he only got uh, Stephanie and Shane. <laughs> this flare off. I was gonna team. ask if, if if you wanna have, if you wanna find out if Vince has a problem finishing, just ask Stephanie. Hmm. Oh God, that was such a bad joke. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Archie oh. gave you a Ugh. <laughs> Um Are you Aaron, this is a family show. <laughs> and so is the WWE. Yes, it's only fa- a family show because Aaron and I are family. That's that's the extent of the family. Oh, and Kyle and I aren't. So you're saying we're just we're just two guys hanging out with you? Okay, I understand. <laughs> no, you're the cool ones. It's, it's <laughs> fine. And, and 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 that's what Vince told Triple H and Sean. He was like, "This is just a family show. You guys are two guys just hanging out." <laughs> But no, watch what me and Stephanie do. (laughs) Archie, it's okay because when we came back from break, did you hear the disdain in his voice when he introduced us? (laughs) (laughs) And here's Kyle and Archie. I'm here with my brother Aaron and And Kyle Kyle and Archie. Archie. (laughs) Archie's cool. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Fuck you, but but this. This um, this stone cold handicap match was um, <laughs> fifteen minutes. It was Eddie. This Eddie and and, and RVD should have gotten twenty minutes. They should have gotten like six. And this whole thing didn't work. And and they tried. They tried with this. They tried with Bischoff and John Cena. Mm-hmm. They tried so many times to artificially recapture the magic of Austin and McMahon. Yep. They tried with the fucking. What the the authority and Daniel Bryan? It never works because it's not organic. The like, reason I don't think this worked though is because Ric Flair was in WCW campaigning against the NWO for three and four years. Mm-hmm. He was always against them, and now all of a sudden in WWE, he's I'm a part of the NWO, and so's Booker T. It's like what? Yeah, what? you know, and. And the uh, the other reason, like Ric Flair being against the establishment, would be the fact that if Steve Austin and Ric Flair were real people, okay, because and I, I and I know they're like extensions of their characters or whatever. No, I get what you're saying though. But if Steve Austin and Ric Flair are real people. Rick Flair would be like Steve Austin's fucking awesome, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. And Rick Flair and, and Steve Austin would be Rick Flair's fucking great, you know. Right. Like Rick Flair's fucking slamming down goddamn kamikazes, and Steve Austin would be the dude slamming down beers, sitting right next to him. You know what I mean? Like these guys would be cool with each other. Austin my, would turn over and go, what the fuck are you drinking? Flair would be like, it's kamikaze. You want one? Austin would be like, what? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Whole, they'd be cool with each other. Right. But it's like the whole And then thing. they'd beat the shit out of the NWL and be done with it. Go ahead, Kyle. All right, thank you. Uh, but it's You're like, welcome. You know, they say that they find out people respect you is that they talk over you all the time. <laughs> Just saying, Aaron. Well, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, no, uh, the problem with everything that WWE did with WCW, it's like when came back and they had him with the NWO. It's like, well, they were in WCW together, so. Right. It's this like, works. Well, they're fucking, it's like, they just lump shit. Like, they act like whatever happens to any other company, it doesn't matter because that's that. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, fucking wrestling fans aren't stupid. I don't know. Some of them are. Yeah, (laughs) some of them are, man. But but still, the fact is that, and I don't know where we've got, why we got to this point where it's like, you know. You ever been to a a UAW hall on a fucking Thursday? They're fucking dumb as fuck, man. (laughs) You go to a wrestling show and they're doing (laughs) it. Hold on, hold on. And they're selling raffle tickets for an air fryer. <laughs> okay, hold on, though. That's on an independent show. How about when you go to SummerSlam and they bring beach balls and start bouncing them in the in the arena <laughs> during a match? <laughs> Jesus. Wrestling fans are stupid. I'm stupid. I'm a wrestling fan. Okay, fine. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> no. I get, I get Kyle's point. You're, we're not dumb enough to believe that Ric Flair would chill with the NWO just because of Steve we're, Austin. We're dumb enough to, we're dumb enough to suspend our disbelief that what we're watching is real, right? They right. <laughs> know fucking Ric Flair hated fucking Hulk Hogan, right? He'd never have joined the NWO because they made his life a living hell. Exactly. It was because of the NWO. Flair wasn't on television for a year and a half. All of a sudden, he's going to join them. I mean, but yeah, and like a, a lot of wrestling fans can't even read. <laughs> and like I said, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Yes, thank you can't you. read. We like that because they can listen. <laughs> the only wrestling fans that can't fucking read or fucking listen is the fucking guys who listen to ICP. So fuck you and fuck your clown bullshit. Hey, the Great Malenko was a pretty good song. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I only I only know that because I watched one the of Great Malenko actually couldn't read. Boris like, Malenko Mal- couldn't read. Yeah, I I really? heard that. Yeah, he couldn't read. Well, Dean Malenko, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast. What is going on? So I I heard. That Boris Malenko couldn't read. He didn't need to read. Hmm. <laughs> I know right. the so, and I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on folks. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go find the rails and I need to put this show back on. Hold on. So Aaron, don't you talk shit about Boris Malenko because the next thing you know I'm not talking shit about <laughs> Boris Malenko. I'm just saying that guy could not read. Aaron is concerned that Boris Malenko couldn't read. 
syncopate out and he's going to unmask and it's going to be a older Dean Malenko. Dude, <laughs> Dean Malenko got fat. <laughs> there you go. Name of the episode. Name of the episode. Dude, <laughs> Dean Malenko got fat. <laughs> I had a question. Yes. He got the shakes too. Who got fatter? Dean Malenko or Billy Kidman? Ooh. Dean Malenko. Kidman still could be a cruiserweight, I think. No, he couldn't. Well, I mean, if he <laughs> lost 20 pounds. In a titty. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. If Kidman and I could be a fucking cruiserweight. I, I'm going to any, any day of the week. Who are the Who is against Billy Kidman? He what? fought everybody. No, in, in Kyle's stupid decision. Like who was uh, who was against Hogan, Billy Kidman? I thought. No. What? No, I said who's got fatter, Dean Malenko or Billy Kidman? Well, I'm <clears throat> Dean yeah, Malenko. I'm... Dean Malenko's not fat. Have you seen him recently? No. Well, yeah, he looks like he ate two children. <laughs> but I haven't seen Billy Kidman either. But he got uh, he had to fuck Tori Wilson. So. Were they really dating? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't know that. They were married. All right. So before we get into the so match. So Billy Kidman wins. So before we get into time. the match. Every Nate, time he's just like, smell my figure. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, I have a question. Was there anything more racist than when Shawn Michaels kicked Booker T out of the NWO? The whole promo, he's like, and he, one of the you don't belong, and he kicks out the only black guy in the group. Yeah, one of you I, want, something isn't right here. They, they, that was, one of, those thing, that was one of those things where they got a little too cute with yeah. racism. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Is there a bus? You mean like when they did the whole Triple H thing? Like, oh, Booker T, why don't you dance for me with your yeah. nap hair? And it's like... Or, oh. or oh. Saba Simba. Saba Simba. <laughs> Just keeps coming back like a fucking boomerang. The new the new day has been pretty <laughs> racist too, slightly. What in about my opinion, but what, what about when Harley Race looked at Ron Simmons and was like, "I had a boy like you that was carrying my bags." Oh God, you're right about that. <laughs> well, you know what though? At least they weren't like Vince McMahon. He said the fucking n word on national television. True, true, and yeah, and okay, and. Though. Aaron, you know where I will defend the Harley Race thing? I'm not knocking the Harley Race. No, 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 no. Awesome. Where I will defend the Harley Race thing is being absolutely positively not racist. And Kyle. The black dude beat the shit out of the white guys and he said it. And yes. And Kyle, where I will say that what you brought up about Triple H is the complete opposite of the Harley Race thing is that Harley Race says, this, this, you look like a boy that used to carry my bags. And then at the end of the day, the boy that used to carry the bags is the world champion. Right. So there you go. You got heel heat. Right. Baby face one with Triple H and Booker T, where that was fucked up. Triple H went over. You got the heel heat, but then the fucking elitist white guy still went over. Right. Booker T should have won that match. And then every the whole thing's not racist. It's a wrestling angle. Right. 
But so, anyway, back I'm to this show. This this everybody here comes to go Scorpio. This flare when that black lady screams about it, like you know, the Zuko Scorpio. Aaron's the one that wanted to be done in a couple of hours. I know. I'm (laughs) done with after this. I'm done. I won't say anything else. You promise? Yeah. (laughs) I'll keep. I'll keep my fucking goddamn mouth shut. I'll hold you to that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is is she warning people about two gold Scorpio, or is she excited about two gold Scorpio? <coughs> well, <laughs> judging by her voice, like, she sounded excited, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if she's like, "Everybody, here comes two Scorpio," <laughs> like, is she super excited or warning people? The best part about that video is Scorpio getting out of a white Cadillac, like he he was he was cruising. No, my my, my favorite thing about that video is he slam he slammed slam dunking dunk. on that yep. fucking fat white kid. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> but nobody is answering my question. True confession. I used to do is this old Scorpio dance. Or terrified. <laughs> I think she's excited. Okay. <laughs> That little fat kid that he got slam dunk on, that was. <laughs> <laughs> he just put his nut sack right on your forehead. <sighs> All right, so Stone Cold versus Big yeah, Show I was gonna and say, Ric Flair. Spe- speaking of that style of. Speaking of, of uh, nut sacks. Early, um... early 90s <laughs> African American stereotype culture, let's do the right thing and get back to this. Uh, nice. To this, They're getting this better now. They're getting better. This Flair Austin <laughs> angle did not work because no. it did not feel real. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. You said you said do the right thing. And the only thing based <laughs> what we were talking about <laughs> thing. was what? Do the right thing. Oh <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> God. Would that would that make Dan, would that make Nate Max and Danny Aiello? <laughs> I'm all right with that. <laughs> I got my punch so, in the, I got my punch in the middle like he does. <coughs> Bad match all around. Big Show was kind of clumsy, fat. Kind of stoning. <laughs> yeah, he was he was overweight. He just couldn't go anymore. This was way this was before he took that time off and Oh, and he needed you know. it. God, yeah, he, he really it. did. He really did. Like I remember um I don't know, a few weeks back maybe, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Watching WrestleMania 18. And he's at WWF New York. Yep. And there's a reason he's not on WrestleMania. Like you have the biggest athlete in the world and he's not at Wrestlemania because he looks like the biggest right yeah he looks like the biggest smoker in the world you know what I mean like he yeah no he he couldn't go anymore terrible And, and and he's he's a guy where I look at him now today and I go man I'm glad that he got where he is yep you know because he really really could have wound up dead early like Andre yep you know, and well, it's, it's 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 I just great. He wouldn't shave the beard and mustache because he looks like King Kong Bundy when he uh, does that. 
you have why was Big Show even in this match? Why do we need him in there? Right. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't it have just been Flair Austin? It's Rick right. Flair, like the the dirtiest player in the game, the guy who knows everything. Right. Telling me he can't go against fucking Boston. And it's not even good heel heat. No. Like no, it's not. Yeah. So. <laughs> Judging by what we're all saying, I think we all disapprove of what's going on here in this deal. So we move I'm along. Not to speak. <laughs> Aaron, I grant you the right to speak. I have to go to bed. <laughs> so you're leaving us? Yes. Oh. All right. We can't wrestle, listeners. Aaron is leaving the show. We'll I'm going to say this. We're going to sing okay. a ceremonial hymn. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we Western Philadelphia. <laughs> ECWO 2003 podcast. 2003 podcast. There was no ECW in 2003. 2300 podcast. Edit that shit, Nate Maxson. Shut the fuck up. I will not. Either way, you're going to be sobbing, Simba. Because I am not going to edit that. (laughs) I would never cry over anything on this thing. Good night, Aaron. Well, no, I'm not done. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Settle the fuck down, dude. He's never done. (laughs) What I'm going to say is this. You can get on, what is it, Teespring? Yes. Yeah, if you get on Teespring right now, you can buy some shirts, okay? And if you people get on there and you buy some shirts, in a couple weeks, you'll get a shirt. So do that. And um, I will also say this, that Archie has great customs. So if you want Thank some you. custom figures from him, go ahead and buy that. If Thank you. You, Kyle, are you doing anything or are you just sitting there? I'm just sitting here. Kyle's just sitting there. So you sit there with him, just sit there with him. Um, Sitting here with my throbbing Simba. Oh, God. Whoa, that's nasty. (laughs) But anyway, guys, seriously, um, the. 2300 podcast is fun. Archie's got his custom figures. Nate's doing his thing over there. And Nate, don't forget Kyle and I on 60 Minutes or Less. Yeah, Nate and or Archie and Kyle. I'm, I'm a terrible promo guy. Hold on. I'm going to reset it. And Nate's going to re record it after this. Let's re rack this. Of all the shows I produce, this is the one I edit the least. Because fuck This is it. the one you should edit the most because I just got lost here for a second. <laughs> Basically, what I was telling these people was if they get on Teespring and buy a shirt, they get a shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, and 
Yeah, good custom. Well, all I'm going to say is I must be doing it wrong. I bought in six shirts. I haven't gotten one yet. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I've only purchased one shirt, which is our newest one that reads Get your shoe, dummy. <laughs> I remember that. That's a callback. Shout a out bit. to Kendall Maxson, Nate Maxson's better half, for yes. designing that shirt because it makes me laugh. <laughs> but anyway, uh. <laughs> the gist of the situation is: buy a shirt, get a shirt. Kyle sucks. Archie's awesome. <laughs> Nate's cool. <laughs> I'm the greatest. <laughs> Suck my ass. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> Like Roddy Piper. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Aaron legitimately Aaron legitimately just said goodbye like the guy in How High. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate just spit his beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Tater bitches. <laughs> I did. Did he, did he say tater bitches? <laughs> What's a tater bitch? Wait a second. All right. So, Big <laughs> Show and Steve Austin and, and Ric Flair sucked, which that's hard, hard oh, yeah. to say about those three guys. Well, it was yeah, bad, though. It's sad. Yeah. It's bad that you have, again, this is 2002, and Ric Flair. You know, we, we see that he has so many more fucking years. That's right. It's fucking an actual match between these two. You have a 16-time world heavyweight champion. I think by this time, Austin was a six-time world heavyweight champion. And the big show, I believe, was a four-time world heavyweight champion. And you basically disgraced them by doing this because we need to re- reenact, as Nate said, the Austin-McMahon feud, which... When they redid it with Austin and McMahon, didn't come off as well. Now, so. and it, it's 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 a, it goes it goes back to that word organic, right? You know, Austin, Let it Austin, happen. yes, Austin McMahon happened organically, and every time they try, like you guys, you guys will remember. Remember, they they tried with Bischoff and Cena. Yep, where they had that little period of time where Bischoff was kind of trying to sabotage Cena, and then he'd call him. Cena instead of John Cena, mm-hmm. and it just came off as so um, forced. Yes, forced, disingenuous. It, it, there was nothing organic about it whatsoever, and that's how this felt. Yeah, the only and, time- and it and it's sad because it really is like we've alluded to. It's two of the best ever, the best ever. Yep, but you should have done this story completely. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You You know how I would like this story to unravel? When Austin got fired from WCW, he went to ECW and he cut that promo about how everybody told him no. Mm -hmm. No one would allow him to do anything in WCW. What should have happened is Flair should have interrupted Austin during a damn promo or something where Austin's going off on a tirade. And Austin snaps, attacks Flair. And then when he gives his reasoning, it could be, well, it was Ric Flair that was holding me back in WCW. 
And when I finally got fired by Bischoff, I came to the WWF. I made a name for myself, and now Ric Flair wants to hold me back in the WWF, too. Right. Makes better sense than I'm mad at my boss. Well, and it totally does, because if you look at the beginning of Austin and McMahon, Austin was the instigator. Right. You know, McMahon wasn't the inst- McMahon literally said to him, I mean, we care about you. You know, we, right. you know, it's, it's, but you want that rebel feeling and they just did not recreate that here. And it just no. falls so flat. No. Austin didn't want to do it either. No. The only time that like they, again, it had involved Austin. Um, but, you know, you had, you had Austin and Bischoff and that worked because it was a different dynamic. Well, right. They had a history there. And well, Austin, and it, it also helped. I think it helped that that Austin wasn't a wrestler. Yeah, right. Then you know, it, it helped because they were they were authority figures together. Right. And and at that time, you know, forcing Austin kind of be he's the anti-authority, literally everything that is anti-authority into an authority figure with Bischoff because. I don't care what anybody says. That red that redneck ter- triathlon triathlon thing was fucking funny. Oh, it was hysterical. <laughs> I would have liked to see them redo it against JBL mm-hmm. because at least they would have had you know so you know two drinkers, two Texans. But Bischoff pulled it off, and again, I think it's because they had history, and that history was looming that Austin hated Bischoff that made it work. That's why it didn't work with Cena or anyone that Bischoff tried to be the boss and go against you know go against him. Because who did Bischoff have history really with in the WWE besides maybe Jericho or Austin or the Big mm-hmm. Show? You know? You know what my favorite thing that Bischoff did with with Austin like was when like those weird times where Austin would give him a beer or drink. And it was so subtle because fucking Bischoff would just like slowly yeah. you know, slowly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but then like, but but then by the end of the night he's swilling it. You right. Know? The the funniest thing in that redneck, and we're getting off topic, but the funniest thing in that redneck triathlon is Bischoff, quote unquote, singing his his entrance theme. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so funny. He's like covering his mouth. He's like, "I'm back." Oh man, that's funny shit. So, so this we we yeah we've decided this thing was bullshit. Which yeah. you know we knew that from the beginning. Minus two stars. So now we move on to something that I'm going to tell you guys is my favorite thing on the show. And I know we discussed earlier that obviously Eddie and RVD with the time they had probably had the best match on the show. Mm -hmm. But this next deal is my favorite pro wrestling on the show because it's Kurt Angle and Edge. Mm -hmm. It's a hair versus hair match. And, and, and this builds through the night which is uh, Pro Wrestling 101. But the the basic root and the basic, you know, meat of this matter is you have two guys that are having a feud. They're great wrestlers. They have a match. There's a finish. It's a great match. There's a finish. And there's a, satif- a satisfying payoff. Right. And they That's have a history of being friends with each other when they were both heels. Mm-hmm. And then Edge kind of got injured and then comes back. And 
this is really for me where Edge finally started to come into his own and didn't need a Christian or a tag team partner. <clears throat> they saddled him with, with Ray a couple times to be tag team champions, mm-hmm. you know, or he went with Jericho after a while and they became tag team champions again. But Edge finally became a single star, which is what he was meant to be during this feud with Kurt Angle. And not just that, but also, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm off base here, but, like, with this, what's also great about it is the fact that, like, so Angle loses and has to have his hair shaved. Right. And mm-hmm. now, it would just be like, that. they'd be like, oh, here's the, here's the fucking razor, done. But Angle being smart and Edge being smart, like, you, Angle tries to chicken out of it and get away. Right. Mm-hmm. So they play with the fans' emotions like, oh, that's bullshit. We're not going to get to see it. And it's exactly what I said. That is pro wrestling 101. Yep. They they played with your emotions, but they gave you a great match, and they didn't fuck you in the end. Nope. They gave you what you came to see. The heel got his head shaved. Completely. And yes, he completely. He didn't just get a new haircut. And. And I know this jumps forward in the show, but that's fine. We just won't elaborate on it later. We'll just elaborate on all of this at at once. As we go through the show now, Angle is kind of running away from Edge and blah, 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 and they come back. The best part, the best part, the match was great. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it other than it was a really good match. Yeah, it was a really good match. The best part, after Angle's head gets shaved. When Edge wakes him up. Yep, smacks him upside the head. Yes. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. It's pro wrestling. This is, he, this is what Angle I'm saying. He could have been an actor and won an Academy Award for his performance on how shocked he was from getting his head shaved. And yes. Then you go into like the like the next night and continue on when fucking <laughs> Angle has that fucking ridiculous... <laughs> Fucking wrestling headgear to keep with, with that wig, yeah. Of <laughs> an amazing shampoo that he was It's so stupid. It, it's stupid, but it's fantastic. It's uh, fantastic. When he finally gets that headgear pulled off and runs away, the only thing that I would even think to to say was close to that is when Punk was wearing the mask after his head got shaved. Yep. And Big Show tore it off on a ladder, and you just see Punk shot. You know, it's like the same thing. Angle Angle was trying his hardest not to show his bald head. Yes. I love, I love that. It's so great because, like I said, not only do you give the fans it on that night. That right. Like, then you give them the other pop when they finally get us. It's revealed. You know, the stupidity factor is that after all those years, Kurt never grew his hair back which I'm sure he was probably receding, and that's why he let them shave his head oh, to begin with. But he never attempted to grow the hair back. So you would think after all the shock and awe of, I don't want to be bald, he stayed bald the rest of his career. <laughs> well, that's that's the only thing that I was going to say that was kind of silly about this. <laughs> is you have a hair versus hair match in 2002 when the coolest guy in the world, Stone Cold Steve Austin, has had no hair for... right. You know, years, but anyway, right. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's this is this is great. This match is great wrestling storytelling. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and then we have Booker T 
<laughs> now, let me tell you guys this. One of my favorite acts in the history of wrestling is Booker T and Goldust. Okay. Um, and I think I've elaborated, I mean, way, 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 way back, probably in the 20s episode, Kyle, like in the 20s and 30s, back in the old days of the show. I've elaborated on this team a couple of times, and it's because I think that, first of all, they're both great wrestlers. Um, and also, these two guys <clears throat> found a great line, of the thin line, between being stupid wrestling comedy and being entertaining. I agree with that. And together, their charisma... Yes, it's wrestling comedy, but it is entertaining. Goldust it, allowed Booker T to come out of his shell in the WWE because Booker T yeah. seemed like he was holding back. You know, he was still being Booker T from WCW, but he wasn't amped up. And when he finally got to do the stuff with, with Goldust, he came out of his shell. And then when he did King Booker, it was hilarious even more so because he was doing the British accent and acting up and everything mm -hmm. like that. and but I think Goldust kind of helped Booker to to find his place in the WWE. It humanized him. And here's the thing: yeah. like, again, it's it, it's it's something that's missing now in, in pro wrestling, where like Booker T knew what his role was. He was to be the straight man for fucking right. Yeah, right. and every now and then mix in a little comedy, like when he had the lightsaber and he was doing. You know what I mean? But yeah, I agree with you. Because it, 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 and it speaks so much more volume because when he does, finally does something funny, it's like, oh, that's, you know. Right. But now it's, everybody wants to be the funny guy. Everybody wants to be, you know, like, no, you need the straight man to, you know. In my opinion, there needs to be less comedy in wrestling for a little while in this day and age. I think it needs, like, I, I don't know if either one of you guys watched AEW this week, but one of the moves, the, the parts was that, um, I forgot who it was. Uh, it was um, one of the best friends. I think it was Trent Trent Beretta ran into the video game that was owned by Miro, aka Rusev, and that's what sparked him going off and beating the crap out of them. That's comedy, and that shouldn't happen for me. I mean, Miro shouldn't be a gamer; he should be a monster. But my point is, leave the comedy at the back door for a little while, and let's just get down to straight up wrestling and, and actual promos. Rather than always there having to be a clusterfuck with six guys making fun of each other in the ring. Mm -hmm. You know? Have one person doing Right. Like, you know, if you if you look at WWE, they were smart, like where they never really had more than one person like right. wrestling. It was like he is the fucking comedy guy and right. touched mm -hmm. it. AEW, it's like you have so many motherfuckers trying to be the comedy guys. Right. Right. I mean, that stuff with Jericho and, and MJF, we'll get to that on 60 Minutes or less, but um, that they're, they're having a steak dinner next week? What? It's I want to see these fuckers wrestle. I don't want to see them have a steak dinner. You know? All of wrestling shouldn't be silliness. No. no. And that's the problem. That's the problem, especially, and I know we're, we're getting off on modern product and a tangent or whatever, but it's our show. We can do whatever. But I'll keep it short. <laughs> the The problem now is that everybody's cute, right? Everybody right. shouldn't be cute. You have 
um, let me use as, as an example. And this is modern. This is literally modern wrestling. Santino Morella had his purpose and he played his role perfectly. Right. In a serious show. There, there's a place for comedy and wrestling. Absolutely. Um, you need levity in a serious situation. But at the end of the day, if I'm to look at this as real or to suspend my disbelief, what I should be focusing on is there's a bunch of really, really tough son of a bitches that are competing for championships. Yep. Yep. So I should only have one or two goofs on the show, you know, for right. or what right. have you. But it, it, the problem now, again, is everybody's got to be cute and funny. And that's mirror shouldn't be cute and funny. No, no. He did. That was his reason for leaving WWE. He didn't want to exactly. be cute and funny and be the cuckold in the Lana and Bobby Lashley storyline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, okay. Now you're the guy who plays video games and wrestles. Big freaking <laughs> deal. What did that, what did that, what's the difference? Exactly. You know? But the Booker and, and Goldust segment here is iconic, <laughs> to say the least. Fantastic. You know, I bought this negligee for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the lights go out. Booker thinks that he's with a hot girl, and then all of a sudden, you just hear Dustin's voice, and it's like, what? <laughs> you know. And that they was... were so good together. Yep. Because they found that balance of gold dust's humor. Yep. But the seriousness as well when they were in a match and they were in a tag right. team. Right. Dustin they... knew how to turn it on to be serious in, the, in a wrestling match. He knew what he was doing in the ring. Yes. But see, yeah. that was always what the great part about the gold dust character was, too. In the same regard with like Eugene, too. These guys played characters that were goofy or funny looking or, you know, with Eugene, he was an idiot savant. With with Goldust, he was, you know, androgynous and trying to freak people out. But then all of a sudden, when they got in the ring and the bell rang, oh, they actually know how to go. They're not just goofing off in the ring. They're not doing anything stupid. They actually know how to wrestle. wrestle. Mm-hmm. And that's what separated Goldust, that he wasn't just, oh, the bizarre one or a freak or the guy that tried to kiss Razor Ramon and Ahmed Johnson, he actually knew how to wrestle and he played mind games up until that point. You know? So now I want to say this really quick. Um, until I watched this show, I forgot I, yep. about this Hell in a Cell match. And I forgot how fucking great this Hell in a Cell match was. I agree. Triple H and Jericho tore it down in the Hell in a Cell in this match. I I was not aware they ever had a, a, a Hell in a Cell match. And all I kept thinking was, when when I heard, when I saw the match about the beginning, whatever, I was like, wait a minute, when did this happen? Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And then I remembered <laughs> the storyline and I went, oh, okay. It went to a Hell in a Cell? Wow. You know, also, where um, shit, uh, Ben White gets injured. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he has like I think one more match after this, and then he has to retire because. 
And you know what's funny is I I honestly thought in my brain <laughs> that until I watched this and then you go forward into the future, I thought that Tim White's injury happened during one of the Undertaker Brock Lesnar Hell in a Cell matches, but that's not the case. It was actually right. in this match. I don't know right. why I had it in my head that it was one of the under it was the Undertaker Brock Lesnar match, but um because Taker and Lesnar's Hell in a Cell was brutal. I mean, they were killing mm-hmm. everybody in that match. So you, but you Timmy was Timmy wasn't even the official right. in that one. I, but I had it in my brain for some reason that that was it. But this match is after watching it, this is literally one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I've ever seen. Yeah, they uh, they they. It wasn't just about using the cell as a weapon. Nobody went over the top or through the cell, but it was it was brutal. Where it had to it had to be, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. You have two scientific wrestlers actually having a match, but then also going hardcore when they have to. Yeah, so it worked out. Well, and like I said, you you felt the hatred between these two. Right. Mm-hmm. Fight gets taken out. You know, it's bloodied and everything else. It's like that just speaks volumes to it. They're like, no fuck, no one's safe. Right. Right. Who fucking Poor Tim just, White? Yeah. <laughs> And then the finish on the top of the oh. cell, super dramatic. Um, the kind of thing WWE does better than, and it always has done better than anybody else. Super dramatic, theatric. Um, and I, two of them. I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I would. I think this might have been the only cell match that actually had a finish at the, on top of it. Yes. Not yes. in the ring itself, or you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think this might have been the only one where they actually allowed a decision to come outside of it. And it was, because the other the other times they went to the top... Someone got pushed off. Either somebody got pushed off, or, uh, I mean, Foley went through it. Right. Or, um, you know, Rikishi gets thrown into the hay, <laughs> the straw, or whatever the fuck. Which, not that it wasn't impressive, but... Yeah, I think this is the only time one actually actually finished on top right. of the mat. On top Which of the made set. you made us all go, "Oh, I didn't know Falls Count everywhere." <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we have Maven and Tori having a date at the World. It's not, it's not WWF New York. It's the World. Um, can I make a statement real quick? And that's I'm gonna be. Bi- I'm gonna be brief. It's gonna that's be a like, big. That's a big fucking margarita. <laughs> no, no. Um, I hated Maven with a bloody passion. I actually did. I actually did. I hated Babyface Maiden. No, Maiden? no, Maiden. no. Maven as a face or a heel was horrible. He should have never have won tough enough. There were better people on his season, and it just. I don't know. It was something about him. He looked like a guy pretending to be a wrestler. Was um was Morrison in his season? No, Morrison won with Matt Capitelli. Capitelli, the following season, I believe. Okay, so even won with Nidia. Yeah, I thought Morrison was one of the guys that didn't win, but then got a contract. No, no, he won with uh, Matt Capitelli. But in Maven's season, Matt Morgan was on. I mm-hmm. believe Ryback was on. That might have been because I think he was in the fr- – or no, he was on the, the Miz season. But uh, Matt Morgan was a badass. 
Yeah, I would have took Josh Matthews, who's now the commentator for TNA or Impact, over Maven. Because at least Josh Matthews would have been been a, a, a believable cruiserweight. But Maven, to me, was just like... Maven, to me, was like Matt Stryker was a couple of years later in that he looked like he was pretending to be a wrestler because Matt Stryker's storyline when he first started out was, I was a teacher and I got fired because I came to take the Kurt Angle challenge. And, you know, it's like... like Dude, go do your day job and just don't be a wrestler. See, I, I guess we, we – the one place we part ways here is I actually – when they turned him heel and he just became like a shitty little – I did like him as a heel, but I will totally agree on a baby face. He was, he was absolutely ineffective as a baby face. The only time I marked out for Maven was when he eliminated the Undertaker from the Royal Rumble, and the Undertaker beat the crap out of him. And that was mostly just because <laughs> of Undertaker. Right. It had nothing to do with Maven. It could have been anybody. <laughs> but I was like, yes, what's happening? You know. You know if, if history teaches us nothing else, it's don't win fucking tough enough. <laughs> right. 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 Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when Daniel Peter wins... And all he gets is fucking go to the Royal Rumble and get the get shit. The yeah, shit kicked well, out he, of him. Well, he had a bad attitude to begin with. But I I think if you didn't join, if you didn't win tough enough, you got better treatment. Because look at The Miz. He didn't win. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> became world champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Morrison won and he still hasn't gotten anywhere near a world title. Not counting ECW. <laughs> you know? The next match on the show is the only one that I wrote. Literally, the only one that I wrote on this show that I called a dud. Uh, uh, this we was got bad. B- Billy and Chuck against Rikishi, and Mr. McMahon announces that his Rikishi's partner will be Rico. Rico. And, and I'm is... not hating on. I'm not hating on Rico. No, no. Um, decent wrestler, good hand, and Better at this manager. point. He he was he was yeah yeah and at this point he was literally DDP because he he came into wrestling late in life and um, yep but uh, always a good wrestler oh I had no problem with Rico the the feud though because I think he was added because this wasn't that far after the Billy and Chuck mar- uh, wedding yeah and then they they say oh we're not gay and Rico gets very upset with them because. You know, you're outing that I was lying that you were gay and that makes me look bad and all that. And, I mean, they put him together with Rakishi. And I hate to do a spoiler before we get into how the match is only three minutes long, but they actually won the tag team titles. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And and I think the storyline lasted all of seven minutes or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't even something they spent any time on. Right. Billy Gunn eventually leaves WWE. Chuck Palumbo becomes the biker dude who was a ripoff of The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, by you know what the best? You know what the best thing about uh, Chuck Palumbo's uh, biker gimmick deal was? What? Jamie Noble showing the, <laughs> the box of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. I won't lie. <laughs> Like, I remember even then, even after the Attitude Era, I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> when he opened the little box of toys, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this was uh, this was just as bad as Trish versus Stacy, only without the tits and ass. 
Unless any you more, count Rikishi. Any more, <laughs> any more to add to that, Kyle? Uh, at least, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> what? Was an amazing manager. Yes. Rico? Oh, yeah. It's one of those things. I, like, I get, I get the fact that he wanted to be a pro wrestler, but he should have been, you know, kind of like Bobby Heenan was. You know, he could work. Yeah. But right. He, right. You know, gets tricked into being in the match. And mm-hmm. gets... Right. And then didn't they put him with three minute warning after this? Yes. Which Eventually. Made yeah. no sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. They didn't need a manager. Well, even if they did, it should have been Eric Bischoff who introduced them anyway and used to say three minutes. But, like, a guy in a leopard suit with a red shirt is leave, reading, bringing out two thugs? Mm-hmm. Like, what? No. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, and this but, is, yeah, this is about the time the slippery slope began. Yeah. Sure. Then, then he becomes exotic Adrian Street for a little while with Miss Jackie. Mm-hmm. Then he teams with Charlie Haas. And then he just disappears. We know whatever, you know, and no one knows what happened to him. <laughs> Poor Rico. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, I would have liked him to maybe painted himself silver and maybe tried to go after Goldust. That might have been a good storyline for him. I don't know. But, you know, because he was trying to get over that he was androgynous and, you know, doing all these crazy things. So what better person to go after than Goldust? Freak, pull a mind game against Dustin Rhodes that Dustin Rhodes hasn't yet pulled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. That's me just fantasy booking. Huh, I felt that. You're a pro wrestling fan. And you get to see, you want to see the things that you want to see. Right. Oh, go figure. <laughs> it's almost like you watched this your whole fucking life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching wrestling longer than anything else. <laughs> right, it's hard, you know. But this was hard. To watch, like like yeah. Archie said, it was it was only um, probably about three minutes, yeah, three minutes and fifty seconds, according to Wikipedia. But it was tough to get through. I don't even know how Rakishi earned a World Tag Team Title shot. No, I'd have to go part. back and look for context. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, and I don't know who his original partner was supposed to be. Probably I, Scotty. It had to have been Scotty Tuhati or something. Yeah, probably. Because they were still trying to hold on to the whole too cool thing, even though Brian left and, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so now we roll on to the main event of this pay-per-view. Yes. And at this time in 02, man, the nostalgia mm-hmm. for Hulkamania was at yep. its fever pitch. Yep. Every, I, I promise you guys, and I mean, Aaron... At least this time around on the show, he didn't fall asleep. He just said, I'm going to leave and go to sleep. Right. Um, But even Aaron at this point would say that he'd have to admit, every single one of us that hosts this show at this time in 02, even though at some points in, you know, during the war with WCW and the WWF or whatever, we would have been like, oh, Hogan, he's past his prime. He's an old fart, blah, 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 blah. 
when he came back in 02 to the WWF, anybody, anybody that's a wrestling fan that says they did not mark the fuck out for the resurgence no, of Hulkamania I, is you, a liar. Something about hearing real American startup, it makes your mouth drop for a split second. You're like, what? It does. You know what I mean? It does. And then he comes out and he does his thing. I mean, of course, the whole WrestleMania calling it the Silver Dome instead of the, <laughs> the thing was kind of bad. But, I mean, Hogan still gets a pop out of me. I may not be a huge fan, but seeing him makes it feel special for some mm-hmm. reason. And this return to the WWE after being in WCW for, uh, what was it, seven years? He was, let 90, me see. 93 was- to 2000? 94. 94. Till 2000. Right. Yeah, so, so six, six years. years. Mm-hmm. And then a year without being in the WWE and then finally breaking his contract and coming in. Um, and the whole way they did it by him breaking away from the NWO after having such a stellar match against The Rock was magical. It made you realize, okay, this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I wanted him to come back. And... Uh, him winning the title, I was okay with it, but he, he beat Triple H for it. And it was like, you're really going to, I mean, it was the one time Triple H didn't bury somebody. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Hulk um, Hogan. Right. Right. Hogan buries you. You don't bury Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Shawn Michaels buried Hogan. Well, that was, but he didn't but that, lost. that's. Yeah. Yes, he did, but he also he also sold for Hogan like a fucking clown. Jesus. And <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole another so show bad. for another day. So bad. Like there there are no two guys in the history of the business that can bury somebody like Hunter and Sean. Nope. I mean, bury you. There was a, <laughs> a I saw an interview yesterday of Bret Hart talking about something he wrote in his book and Kevin Nash debunked it said nope we never did it but supposedly Shawn Michaels Hunter Kevin Nash and Scott Hall approached Bret Hart to be the leader of the clique not on TV but Mm -hmm. backstage because Hart was the world champion and what they basically reasoned to him was uh where are you gonna take over so like Razor and, and, and Diesel are going to be the tag champs. I'll be the Intercontinental Champion. You'll be the World Champion. And we'll give Hunter the European title. And then we'll control the whole business. And we'll decide who we want to work with. So we'll give uh, Sean Waltman a title shot. We'll give uh, PJ a title shot or who are the Smoking Guns or whoever because those are our friends. Mm-hmm. And Bret Hart looked at the camera and said, and I looked at these four grown men who were acting like teenagers and I said, I don't want to be involved in something like that because that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. How could, why should we dictate who's going to be over in the business and who sh- everyone should get a, a fair shake. And that's why, why Shawn Michaels was so pissed at him and went off and did the whole Montreal mm-hmm. screw job or whatever. But yeah, no one buries <laughs> wrestlers like Shawn yeah, and Triple H. Nobody. So. Hold on. Hold on a second here. because And I get with Bret Hart and everything else, but <laughs> my my problem with Bret Hart is is that he acts like he's this high and mighty fucking. Hero. I agree. I but, agree. But he's done all the fucking things that Sean's done. He's done all the things that Hogan's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Hits that point without being that way. Well, and that's absolutely true. Like you don't get to that point in the business without being that way. Let's be honest. 
Austin did the same shit. Oh yeah. I ain't oh, working yeah. with Jeff Jarrett. I ain't working with Billy Gunn. I ain't taking you know, I mean, five from Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he we they all get to that point when you reach that yep. level of stardom, that level of success. Um yeah, I mean they're all hypocrites, but so are the rest of us too. You know, I mean You know, here's the thing though. Um in in business like wrestling or with football or any sport for that matter, I guess it get they get to a point where they get that swelled head and it's like uh, yeah, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? But and and on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are those guys that right. Nah, I didn't make it, so I'm just going to be a bitter fucking right. You know, right. Um, but then there's guys like Kurt Henning, who never got a world title run mm-hmm. and never really got to main event status. Which I don't believe that. I believe Mister Perfect was a main eventer, but you know what I mean. He wasn't in a main event, right? That put people over and actually want to work for this business because, God damn it, I was born into this business and I'm going to get back to it. You know, or even to another extent, um, I'm going to give that kind of credit to Kurt Angle. I agree, and and I'm not ever saying that Kurt Angle doesn't have an. Uh, uh, Kurt Angle obviously has an ego, but Kurt Angle deserves to have an ego. Mm-hmm. However, I have never watched a Kurt Angle match. Where, first of all, the right thing wasn't done in the finish. Right. And Kurt Angle did not make his opponent look like a fucking star. Without a doubt. Without um, a doubt. So, you know, you, you have your two opposite ends of the spectrum. And then and then there's the, the craziest spectrum. And we'll get to our main event, I promise, folks. The craziest of the spectrum to me, because it's one person... Is Shawn Michaels. Right. I have said for years, literally, there are two Shawn Michaels careers. Yes. There are, he has, he has Shawn Michaels until 1998. And then there is Shawn Michaels from 2002 until he retired. Right. Um, it's like two different people. Like how many guys between 2002 and 2010 did Michaels make? Oh, oh no! That because he was the down. one that was willing to put them over, and then <laughs> how many guys between '92, right after the Rockers broke up, and '98 is right. Sean Barry? You right. know, it, it's insane. Like he is, the, he is the complete two opposite ends of the spectrum in, in many ways. And you, you guys know I'm a Shawn Michaels fan. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a Mark, um, but I, I blame him. For guys like Chris Candido not getting over into WWE. Oh, yeah. Um, guys like uh, Bart Gunn, kind of, because he kind of favored Billy Moore. And Bart got pushed aside, so Bart was the Janetti. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, in those those younger years of Sean, he, the British Bulldog. How many times did Sean get put over by the Bulldog and he never did the damn thing for him one time? Right. You know what I mean? To even say, hey, Vince, he's a main eventer. Let's give him a shot. You know? And I will always say, in my opinion, Sean ruined Vader's push in the WWE. Oh, absolutely. You yes. know? That when he jumped off the top rope and missed, and then he 
kicked kicked Vader in the head and did that <clears throat> ugly outrage and whatever. That was his way of then going back behind the curtain and telling Vince, he ain't ready. Don't put him in mo- any more matches with me. And yeah, that was and all we heard, all we saw in that in that feud, Sean was no no better than the guy that he at that time because of politics and wrestling and competition, he was no better than the guy he shit on all the time, which was Hogan. Right, because everybody was all up in arms about Hogan just kicking out of the Vader bomb. Right, and then you know a year later. We're at SummerSlam, and Sean is literally lambasting this monster, quote unquote, right in the ring for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and, and I love Shawn Michaels. He's yeah. he's <clears throat> he's my like second to third favorite wrestler right. ever. But, but he was a dick. Oh <laughs> God, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and. And some say that when he came back in 2002, behind the scenes, he was still being pulling politics. But I think he put over a lot more guys. I think he put over a lot more guys. Jericho, uh, you know, uh, Hardy. He he put over a lot more guys than he hurt in in his comeback. Well, and when you talk about politics, I mean, I want anybody anywhere that's in any business to tell me that at any point they've never played politics. Oh, of course. And if they if they tell you that they're full of fucking shit and they're playing politics at that very moment. <laughs> so let's I mean let's be honest. Kyle and I are going to play politics when we get Aaron booted from doing his uh his reviews. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so our main event our main event of the show is The Undertaker and Hogan for the undisputed WWE championship. Man, Hogan just can't beat the Undertaker in a title match, can he? Um, he can't, but I feel this was vindication for Taker after the first uh debacle of him winning the title from Hogan. <laughs> um, you know, we all remember when he beat Hulk Hogan and then the title got held up because Ric Flair interfered and then it went to the Royal Rumble and whatnot. This was in my opinion, this was Hogan finally saying, yeah, The Undertaker can go over me the right way. Mm-hmm. You know? Because there were only two people, in my opinion, Hogan put over uh, besides The Rock uh, when he came back and did his whole run again in WWF, WWE. Um, Taker and Brock Lesnar. Because he let yeah. Lesnar tap him out, which is something Hogan never did. And the blood across the chest. Right. Right, so Hogan, this was Hogan doing a favor and telling Taker, it's your time. Yeah, I was waiting for you, Army. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's not here to interrupt you. We're, we're letting you have your time. <laughs> the problem with this match is that it's all built up. Well, yeah. Yeah. But- I mean, considering your participants, it's still an attraction. You know, it's still a big deal. I'm going to tell you, I mean, this match is, it's the shits. It's the, uh, you know. I didn't think it was that bad. Come on. You said it was all build up. Was, is, can anybody get the picture of The Undertaker hog tying Hulk Hogan and dragging him behind his motorcycle around the arena out of their head? 
I mean, I'd be that, able to if Hogan didn't have that fucking stupid helmet. On. <laughs> <laughs> right, we don't even know if it was Hogan. Oh, at look, the time, it's but... Baron Von Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, nostalgia reasons. It was a, it was a good match. I had no problem with it. I wish Jericho and Triple H might have main evented, but hey, Hogan and Taker for the title, yeah. See, but again, like I said, and you know. The problem is that between the two guys is that it's the same thing with, I'll, I'll say it, Hogan and Taker have never had like a five-star classic. They're just not going to. They don't, no. mesh, they don't mesh well to each other because both of them, Hogan has always been, Hogan has his Hogan match. Mm-hmm. And Taker at this time had the Taker match. I mean, he was starting to kind of, you know, <laughs> um, you know, build on his repertoire and everything else. But we're not, we're not fucking 2006, 2007 Undertaker yet. Right. Right. You know, um, in good or bad, it, it is what it is. Like I said, both guys are older. Both guys, you know, Hogan can hardly probably move because of his knees and everything. And I guess that's where I kind of give the match a pass. In that I look at this and I started when we started conversating about this match, I I made it a point to bring up that at this time, the the Hogan um, nostalgia feel was still there, and that's why I give the match a pass because uh, Andre Hogan WrestleMania three. Yeah. Right. If you if you take that match in a bubble, put it on your screen, no hype, you have no history, you have no idea what's happened. Wow, that was fucking boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but it's not because you know the history and you know what it's about and you know there's 93,000 people there and you know right. it's the biggest fucking event in the history of wrestling. Wow, that was amazing. It was not amazing. <laughs> it was it was it was awful from well, a wrestling was, work rate standpoint. It was a lot of punches and kicks, a headbutt. A what like a four and a half minute bear hug. Right. An attempted slam. Yes. Where Andre actually almost pinned him again. <laughs> Andre ref- Andre puts up two fingers to let the referee know that was only a two. two right. Did so, you ever- and that's that's where I'm kind of I, I don't want to be confrontational, Kyle. But no, that's no. I'm kind of giving them a a, a pass on this because it's more a nostalgia Hogan Why? versus this shit Undertaker heel character that's kind of just come about. And I think it serves its purpose. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it doesn't serve its purpose. I'm just saying, like, unfortunately, the problem is, is that you know, if you go back to Backlash, which I think was a month prior, yes, and and Hogan had a great match Mm -hmm. because Hogan was working with a guy who carried most of the weight and could make. Hogan looked good at that time. Right. Taker. 
I, I know this is going to sound horrible when I say this, but Taker at this time didn't have that ability, whether it was because his knees or because of, you know, everything else. It that just, or he sandbagged, sandbagged Hogan. I don't know. I know, because right. I, he's, still, he's still pissed about the fact that Hogan, he hurt him. But I'm going to go off of what kind of going to what you were saying, Nate. Al Snow, I don't know if you've ever watched his shoot interviews. But he, he basically says that Hulk Hogan's the greatest pro wrestler. By metrics, he is. And what he said, and he, he has a point because he says, you know, he's like, look, he, you know, WrestleMania 3, what was the best wrestling match on that card? And they say, it's Steamboat Savage. And he says, no, it's not. It might be the greatest in ring technical work, but the greatest pro wrestling match, mm-hmm. Hogan versus Andre, because that's what drew. Right. That's what's in that seat. So to me, it's like, what makes a pro wrestler a pro wrestler? Is it the in ring technicians that we see? Is it is it the larger than life personality that's able to talk a fucking person into the building? Or is it the or is it the audience you're performing in front of? Right. Exactly. And and I will use as an example, and we went back to it earlier. Or I made mention of it earlier. Boring ass WWF TV before 1982. <laughs> I watched WWF TV before 1982, and there are glimmers. There are glimmers of wonderness, like Superstar Billy Graham, or an occasional appearance by Dusty Rhodes in Madison Square Garden, or Ernie, or Ernie Ladd saying, Mr. Announcer Man. Let me tell you something. You know, Ernie Ladd, fuck, goddamn, give that man a mic and it's gold. But overall, the WWF, before 1982 or 83, compared to other promotions, that's a fucking snoozer. It's boring. It's fucking boring. I, I agree. But then, let me plump me down in the Carolinas during that time and let me watch some Ric Flair and some Don Morocco and some right. Wahoo McDaniel. Holy shit, that's great. However, the people in New York, the matches they were accustomed to. Oh, yeah. The, and that's something that sucks about now, too, is that you... Because, God damn it, cable, streaming, all of that stuff is cool as shit for all of us. But that's another thing that's helped kill, to kill wrestling because you don't have a territory anymore. You don't have a, a, a you don't have a select group of people anymore watching this certain thing. Right. I mean you you it's 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 amazing. It's amazing to watch <laughs> people that go to Madison Square Garden in nineteen seventy six and think a Bruno San Martino match is exciting because it's not. <laughs> it's fucking boring. <laughs> it's fucking boring. But that's what they had. So that was exciting to them. Right. You know? Your point even more when, you know, when WWF bought PBS, the time spot, and put on WWF, 
The fans are like, the fuck is this? Right. Like, yeah, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Here, you could even go to more present day. During the uh, the whole invasion angle, they put on Booker T versus Buff Bagwell. Not the greatest match, but it was a WCW match. Mm-hmm. They lowered the lights. They gave the <laughs> but the they put it on it. in Tacoma, fucking Washington. Right, right. <laughs> and and this was not a WWE audi a WCW no. audience, so they weren't accustomed to seeing that type of match. <laughs> you know, it would be like if we did our podcast on a website. That knew nothing about wrestling. Right. <laughs> like, if we did our podcast on, on Motley Soup, people would be like, what is this? What is this? They're shit? waiting for Kendall and Matt and Nate, not us talking <laughs> about wrestling. But the, the fact is that, you know, like, with Hulk Hogan, like, yes, it's a lot boring, but, like, Hulk Hogan transcended pro wrestling. He transcended mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where everybody <sighs> fucking Nate. There's only been a couple of guys who have been able to do that. You know? I I would put Hogan on that list. I would put Macho Man on that list. Rock. The Rock. I'd put Ric Flair on that list. And Austin. Austin. Cena. You have to mm-hmm. add Cena, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, he's one of those guys that now, when you look back, it's like, you go, well, fuck, we didn't know how good we had it when we had Cena. Because he carried that shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, and I think that's that in itself, you know, I mean, we're going to do a list of the greatest pro wrestlers. And again, what is a fucking pro wrestler? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between, you know, we can talk about how great Dean Malenko is and how great Ben Wall was and how great, you know, all Mr. Perfect was. But there's a difference between amateur wrestling and pro wrestling. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the the finish of our main event here comes with Vince McMahon getting involved with an amazing sell job here. Mm-hmm. I love Vince's selling here because he sells like his old body is dead. And it's it's amazing. Taker wins the title, which is amazing heel heat. You know, again, the nostalgia feel for Hogan at this time. He just won the title from Triple H. We're going to have a long Hogan title reign. They gave right. that son of a bitch like a 28 day title <laughs> reign. But it was great. It was great for the Undertaker's character. Right. And it was the right thing to do because, let's be honest, you're not going to have Hogan available to be on every house show. Exactly. And, and et cetera. So, yeah, let's put it on this this re-energized, reinvented heel well, character Undertaker. Again, to reiterate my point of how when Taker beat Hogan all those years ago, um, it, it kind of made him. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he didn't get to keep the title, he beat Hulk Hogan. He could lay claim to it. So right. now you fast forward to 2002 when he was biker Undertaker, the big evil, he needed to be made again. And he could use the tagline, I'll make you famous, all he wants. He needed Hogan to get him over so that people would believe in the big evil character. Mm-hmm. Out of the, day, the days of Hogan being the dominant, even if it worked, gone are the days of Hogan being the dominant champion coming up against the King Kong Bundys. Or right. Whatever. He needed to chase the title. Mm-hmm. 
Because, you know, gone are the days of the dominant babyface champion. Right. If we'll ever see those again, because we've had much now where people expect it to be that... Even when, even when they are a dominant babyface champion, by three months into their title reign, they turn fit, they turn heel. Exactly. Like, yeah. I imagine that <laughs> if if Drew McIntyre makes it out of Hell in a Cell with the world title uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, once he gets to, like, maybe December, he'll be starting a heel turn because the fans are going to turn on him. As much as I love... Drew McIntyre, this is not what the fans, what the the current fans want. I guess now it doesn't matter. They yeah. can just pipe in whatever chance they want. Yeah, right now. exactly. So, but, um, I mean, so that's that's Judgment Day two thousand two. Um, to that, wrap it up. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. That card. I mean, like this is one of those things when you know to go back and watch this when it was like a pay per view was a fucking event. Mm-hmm. And that's what's funny is I actually put for this card, I actually gave this card an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Because to me, the only things on this card that failed were the Flair Show Austin match. And it's it's not because of the work. It was kind of more about, about the story and the reaction. Right. It, just, it fell flat. Right. And then obviously I said Billy and Chuck and Rikishi and Rico was a dud. Right. But the rest of the show well, and even, again even the, Trish and, and Stacy is passable because of it, what it was for. Yes, it did exactly what it want, what it needed and what it, they wanted it to do. And again, Austin and Flair and show wasn't even a bad match. It just to me it fell flat because of the angle. Right. But yeah, I mean overall this was a good. This had that fucking, just been this was a good pay per view. Had that just been Ric Flair, not General Manager Ric Flair, with Big Show as his heavy, you know, mm-hmm. as his bow, as his bodyguard fighting Austin, it might have came off more believable than the General Manager and the NWO's giant. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The problem I have with the whole NWO and WWE thing was as we also were supposed to forget that the giant that Big Show and X Pac were ever in the NWO to begin with. Mm-hmm. They acted like they were brand new members, never were in the NWO, didn't know how it worked. You know what I mean? Right. And and then Flair comes in and adds Booker T, and he's friends with the end. It was just convoluted. And adding Austin after he beat Scott Hall, you know, the way that he did yeah. um, uh, at WrestleMania, it just, it just wasn't working. And I think it was right, I think it was right after this that, that storyline ended. Oh yeah, they just killed. Well, it was after uh, it was after uh, Nash uh, popped his quad. Right, they just, they just but, killed. But the fact that they don't just kill it, fucking Vince shoots it in the fucking head like they right. did. The fucking old. <laughs> right. He's like one by one, they picked him out of the NWO. Here, go somewhere else. He's like, I wanted you guys to hear the NWO theme one last time because you'll yeah. never again. You know, and then <laughs> and then. What would, Austin starts a feud with Benoit and Eddie, but then goes home. Yeah. Yep. And you that's know. the that's the that's which the I thing. believe, if I'm not mistaken, he walked out because they told him you're gonna fight Brock Lesnar tonight on Raw. Yes. And he argued that and lose that's a, right and lose to an F5, and his argument was that's a pay per view caliber match, and what they said to him was, yes, you're gonna start here and go to a pay per view with him. 
So he didn't want to do business with Brock Lesnar. Once again, like we talked about earlier, once you yep. get to that level. Yep. And he wasn't even a champion at the time. So you'd think no. it would have been like, okay, no big deal. So Archie, what did you out of 10 give this uh, show? I agree with an eight. It was it was a solid show from top to bottom. It had some decent backstage promos, and and the matches themselves were were good. I, I it, it's it in my opinion, it's better than most of the current product we've got now. So oh, more yeah. power to it. <laughs> and Mister Army, it was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you give this show? I gave it an eight. It was fun. All right. So we're we got a consensus and. As his older brother and smarter brother, I'm going to say Aaron gave it an 8 as well. So uh, we gave this show an 8 out of 10 here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Solid B+. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, again, I mean, going back and watching this, maybe in 02, I would have been like, oh, this isn't like the shit I watched in 97. Right. But today... God damn it, oh. I love a show like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is oh, yeah. worlds better than what we're getting today. This makes me realize why I'm a fan. Yes. And and then I watch the current product and I go, fuck. Uh, <laughs> why <laughs> do know? I invest so much goddamn time you in know? it? You know, and then I like you said, I go back and I watch the WWE network and I go, Yeah, that's why. Yes, this is why. And then I go back to the current product and I go, fuck. So yeah. And uh <laughs> what we're gonna do this time around because Actually, I think the past two shows I've let Kyle sign us off. So this week, I want to thank everybody for joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Thank you for joining us, and please support everything we have going on that we talked about during our shameless plugs. Kyle, we're going to give Archie the sign-off this week. Okay. But I want you to, uh, if there's anything you want to bring up, I just want the only thing I want to say this week is, guys, two things. One, um, again, I know that we keep harping on the whole COVID and all that stuff, but for all those people who say, like, oh, do you really know anybody that has it? I know three people, three people right now who have it. Mm-hmm. And one is my sister in law. So please take care of each other, be smart. Look out for each other. Um, two, I want to wish my mother a very happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Turning 29. <laughs> Today? Yep. Hey. Well, yes. right now, as we're 16th or 17th? 16th. 16th? Guess what? Mike Maxson, my dad. Also his birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Look at that. My dad's at the ending of the month. Look at that. We all got that. We all got the connection. See what I mean? (laughs) Happy birthday, Kyle's mama. Yes. Happy birthday, Nate's dad. Nate's Kyle's mama. I know that you could look at Hard Tech in the eyes and say, nah. (laughs) <laughs> not, not not today, motherfucker. <laughs> so we'll let Archie finish us off tonight on the weekend. That sound is so bad. Oh <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, it's like on the uh, WrestleMania twenty. Is it twenty? Uh, no, seventeen. There's the ladder match, the mm-hmm. TLC match, and Jim mm-hmm. Ross says, "Lita." Jerking edge off. <laughs> and then 
after a, an awkward pause, he says, the ladder. The ladder. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Oops. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us. We want to thank you for putting up with our silliness and us going off the rails each and every week. Continue to support the page. Continue to support the podcast and the YouTube channel. Join us every week for We Can't Wrestle podcast. For myself and Kyle Army, live every Saturday or Sunday evening with 60 Minutes or Less. Join Aaron's uh, uh, fantasy booking tag team tournament that he's got going on at the page right now. Vote. Make sure your favorite tag team wins, especially if it's the Brain Busters. Um, (laughs) And join us in the Asylum, the World Championship Custom page, and the Nerd Closet uh, for our uh, weekly meet and greets. We've got Arn Anderson coming up this week. So uh, make sure that you tune in for that. And just continue to support the community of wrestling because the more that you support it, and that doesn't mean buy something, no. What that means is support it, be a member of it, make content in it so that we can continue to bring you the very best that we have to offer. And most importantly, support... I know I was giving you the sign-off. No, go ahead. Most importantly, support this community of wrestling. Yes. And I'm going to have a rant. I have a rant coming up about... Yes. Shitty ass wrestling podcasts. Okay. I can't wait for that rant. That that don't respect that that think they're wrestling people, but they're not. They're fucking marks. And we're all yep. marks, but I'm saying they're fucking marks. There's a difference between a mark and a fucking mark. What? I have a rant coming up about that bullshit. I have a rant coming up about bullshit raffle pages. I have a rant coming up about bullshit um virtual signing pages. But for this, the purpose, the intents and purposes of this podcast. And I've been full disclosure from the beginning of this podcast. Kyle's been from the beginning of this podcast. He knows by the time we're done with this podcast, I'm fucking drunk, people. So listen. I love drink, drunk Nate. Yeah. So does <laughs> Nate. So does Nate. Um, if you're listening to wrestling podcasts, and, and again, I'll elaborate on my rant that's coming up, but. If you don't, if you're listening to this show, the Asylum Wrestling Podcast, the Twenty Three Hundred Podcast, or anything from the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, being Brian Lashed, Jim Cornette, etc., you're listening to good stuff. Right. Other than that, you're listening to fucking garbage. Okay. And. Unless you are part of the family that is the Nerd Closet World Championship Customs, the Asylum, and the We Can't Wrestle podcast, you possibly could get, be getting fucked over. Yep. I'm just saying. If you're going to do a virtual event, you need to do it through the virtual asylum. Don't because be fooled by people who put. <laughs> never mind. I, don't be fooled soon. by people. That, no, don't be fooled by people that broadcast under their fucking dad's name. And I'm yeah. going to get to that shit too. Yep, I, I couldn't bring myself to say it. I don't want to get a suit. <laughs> I will bring my. I will bring myself to say whatever the fuck I want. And, I know. I know. <laughs> and yeah, there is more to come. Nate's on vacation this week, so there's some hot shit to come in the uh, we can't wrestle wait. page. But seriously, I want to be live for that because I just want to sit there and be like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting his hands together, folks. 
I'll give you the sound. I won't speak. I'll just sit there and go, hee hee. And Archie, <laughs> Archie, I really am going to let you say goodbye. But uh, yeah, there's goodbye. some rant coming <laughs> about. <laughs> there's some rant coming about some hot horse, hot horse shit. Oh yeah. In wrestling, podcasting, and virtual shows. So stay tuned. Archie, send us out with something pleasant. As I, walked, as I walked on the beach and I held hands with that beautiful lady, I wondered, why is her arm so hairy? Thank you for joining us and have a wonderful night.